What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Real Coach JB getting ready to get it going right here on this Fearless Friday. Me and Ash chilling, Ash and I, if you want to be grammatically correct. Appreciate all you guys joining me. Make sure you can hear me. Uh, give me a thumbs up. You know, we're working with all new shit right here from the Slapstick Cigar Lounge and Studio. Uh, appreciate everybody joining me, man. Got my little coffee, my little uh, can of dips. The show is proudly proud sponsor, canadipscbd.com. Use the promo code COACHJB. Make sure you do it. Don't ever forget it. Um, we're here live on this Fearless Friday, man. We got a lot going on. We got a lot going on. Uh, Steve Kim's going to join me. It's a little special Friday Fearless appearance. We're gonna break down. Uh, we're gonna break down some. Uh, I got the ESPN over here on these slap dicks. We're gonna break down our top media personalities and our worst media personalities. Can't wait to break it down. Get into it. We're gonna jump into all that stuff later on. Uh, Russ Wilson now on the record of trying to get Pete Carroll fired. Uh, break that down. Epstein Island. The files are coming out. Apparently, we don't know, but we're seeing all kind of shit. John Stockton makes comments on the load management situation in the NBA. The XFL returned last night for the first game of week two. Uh, Morgan Ellison ran hard, one of my former running backs for the Seattle team. Uh, got to see him play. It's pretty fun. Uh, Jeff Bezos uh, hires Allen and company to look into buying the commanders. All that and more brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code code or believe B L E A V and get you 50% off welcome bonus. Um, make sure you guys check that out. Something's up with my with my TikTok. Uh, make sure you use the, the promo code believe B L E A V. Also, CandidateCBD.com. That's the promo code, Coach JB. Make sure you use it. Uh, Candidips goes hard. Freshest dip you can dip. Uh, cleanest way. Go check it out. CandidateCBD.com. Promo code, Coach JB. 20% off and free shipping. Go check it out. Uh, lots to discuss. We're going to be fearless on this Friday. You know, we're going to start you off with the quote of the day. Uh, it's not as hard as you think it is. That is the quote of the day. It's not as hard as you think it is, man. Everybody thinks it's so goddamn hard to do something. It ain't. You can, uh, it, it, it ain't. And then guess what? It goes both ways. It ain't as hard as you think it is to fall from the top, and it ain't as hard as you think it is to get to the top. Just be clear. So just being, uh, being real. Uh, contrary to belief, brought to you by CandidateCBD.com. Rules to live by. JB's rules to live by. Never expect to get what you give. Never expect to get what you give, dog. You ain't going to do it. Don't let bitter, unhappy people drag you down. People say a lot, but do very little. Stay away from those guys. If you won't matter in five years, don't waste five minutes worrying about it. If that motherfucker don't matter to you in five years, stop worrying about his ass. I don't want to hear about him. I don't care. So just a little bit of, a little bit of, 
brain food for you this morning. Um, trying to see what's up with my damn my damn phone here. Let's see if it works. I don't know if it works or not. Something's up with it. Um, what is it saying? Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, lots of breakdown, though. Lots of discuss. We're live right here from the Slap Dick Cigar Lounge. Uh, appreciate everybody joining me, man. We got a lot to discuss today. Uh, XFL. Listen, I like the rules. I like everything about it. I don't like the um, go for it on fourth and 15 if you're down. You already know I've talked about that. But I also don't like the – I don't know if – you got to be really, really smart when you go for two in this league or three or one because it's it's going to be coaching. In my opinion, it's going to be some coaching involved uh, in that in that rule. Jim Hazlitt went for three last night. Uh, for Seattle, they were up. They missed the last three-point conversion. And Orlando or whoever it was came back and won. Um, they went for three earlier in the in the game and got it. So I don't know. You got to be cautious with the three-point play. Um, if you don't get it, you're fucked. If they would have got the one-point deal or the two-point deal, they would have won the game. Or tied the game. So I'm going to do a cigar review today. Since we're in the cigar lounge uh, for the late, latter part of this week, I'm going to do a cigar review. How to light a cigar. How to smoke a cigar. How to cut a cigar. All the little nuances in lighting a cigar. And I'm going to do that later on in the show. I'm going to talk about my top five, uh, ten cigars. My favorite cigars. I'm going to break that down later on. Give you guys a little insight. Number one, you got to make sure that cherry's red. Make sure the cherry's red. You see that cherry? That's what she said. Make sure that bitch is red. We're going to break that down later on, though. You want to even burn. Even burn. Appreciate everybody joining me. Everybody on TikTok, come on over to YouTube Live. Uh, check me out. We're getting it going. Um Appreciate everybody on uh, TikTok, YouTube, everybody. We're on this Fearless Friday. Steve Kim's going to join me in a little while. We're going to break down uh, our top our top TV personalities, good and bad. I got a lot of shit to talk about, a lot of shit to show you, man. Uh, we're we're going to start with the Vance Joseph hire. Vance Joseph's hired back to Denver. Um, I think Sean Payton figured out, you know what? Rex Ryan's been out the game too long. Rex Ryan's been out the game too long. I think uh, I need somebody that's more, a little bit fresher. Somebody who was in Denver as a head coach not too long ago. I think that that is why solely he got the job. Um, so Vance Joseph back in Denver, former head coach as your DC is always good. If you're a head coach looking to hire somebody, you want to hire somebody with some head coaching experience, I think that was good for, for Sean Payton. Um, but then you got this news that came out, you know, that's coming out 
this morning or late tonight or, or, or late last night um, about Russell Wilson. So now Russell Wilson is now apparently um, just being another slapdick, man. He's now Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson had his own office on the second floor, the same floor where the coaches and executives worked, which created an unusual team dynamic per the athletic. The players were always on the first floor. They never really came up to the second floor. The report also says Nathaniel Hackett was too accommodating and Wilson had too much influence. That is the latest from Denver. And then on top of this, you got rumors now come out that he tried to get Pete Carroll fired. So before he demanded a trade, he tried to get Pete Carroll fired, and that's just bottom line. Now you're trying to get coaches fired. Dog, we live in a world where cats, player empowerment. Screw player empowerment. <laughs> like, miss me with the player empowerment. That shit is dominating the league. It's taking over. And I love to see OGs in the game come out and talk about player empowerment and load management. John Stockton came out, if you didn't see this video, and basically talked about load management in the NBA and in all professional sports and how they do not recover from injuries, how they don't come back quick enough. You got, you got Ball. The Ball brother kid is out for the year again. He ain't played in like two years. John Stockton. You know what maybe load management isn't a big issue and stars taking off do you think it's an issue for the league and what's your take on guys doing it i do think it's a thing for the league i i missed a i went to a uh, major league baseball game once to watch one player i won't embarrass him now but uh to watch one player and he took a day off and my opinion of him my opinion of the team my opinion of baseball all dropped in a blink and i thought wow I, i'm never going to let that happen kids will travel I know, I know a young man who lost his life trying to watch a jazz game, got in a car accident on the way down once. And when you realize people spend their money, they spend their time, they risk yeah. a lot of things to come watch you play perhaps that night and you take a night off, I just don't think that's okay. John Stockton, you could, you could call him what you want him, weirdo, like him or not, I don't know. Um, but the load management... Why is it that all the old heads don't like it? All you young cats in the chat, all you young cats on TikTok, all you young cats out there, you guys will all defend it. Oh, coach, shoot. How you going to keep him from getting his bag? Fuck, what, what the hell's that got to do with shit? How about you earn your bag and play and go to work and do the job that you're paid to do? Like, I'm tripping on that. You guys don't get that because you guys don't work like that. You are enabled. You are instant gratifiers. You are waiting and depending on the Instagram model shoot. <laughs> you want to be the next big splash on social media. You're not going out grinding. So guess what? When NBA and NFL players do it, you chill. You don't care. You don't give a shit about it. And these cats are robbing you blind, fans. You guys are paying their salaries. Dame Lillard said out last night, so did Two other starters, Yurkich and Simons. Three starters for the, for the Portland Trailblazers. 
Dog, I wouldn't have went to that game if I was a fan. If my three best players are not even suited up after the All-Star break, after a four-day off layoff, come on, man. Let's switch over to John Morant. Now, John Morant, I've been telling you guys, is a fake-ass good boy because I know coaches who coached him out in, in the Carolinas. I know coaches that had him and Zion, so I know a little bit about both of them. I recruited the hell out of the area. I know his high schools well. They're both of their high schools well. And I told you he was a fake-ass good boy, but you all don't believe me. And then he comes off as he wants to be this gangster. Dog, calm down. We know you are not. We know where you grew up. We know how you grew up. My thing is, again, going back to player empowerment, going back to all these situations, dog, you have no respect. You have no respect for your forefathers. Now, this cat wants to come out and talk shit about every single player and the West. And we're good in the West. After they got KD in, in Phoenix. After the Lakers made moves. After the Clippers got Russ. Listen, I like the, I like the dropping your nuts, talking that shit. But, homie, come on, dog. You haven't won a fucking meaningful playoff series yet. And you ain't beat Golden State in I don't know how long, and you keep poking at the bear. You couldn't even beat Philly last night, dog. <laughs> uh, I, I just don't get it. A lot of you guys like that shit. You like, you like, a lot of you guys like that shit. Um, it's just... Uh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. The uh hey GC, I I agree. If you sign up to play and then you negotiate a contract and you make hundreds of millions of dollars, you need to play every game. Unless, of course, you get injured. I still say you play when you're hurt, but unless you get injured. Then you that's the only time you should miss, dog. And cats make excuses for excuses, dog. And it's it's like it blows my mind. TikTok, uh, Daddy's Doom or whoever that is, Domo, baby back ribs, dog. Beef ribs, dog. I don't do beef ribs. Pork ribs, dog, all the flavor. Beef ribs, too fatty for me. I don't mess with it. You gotta trim the fat, you gotta cut the fat on beef ribs, you gotta do a lot to beef ribs. I don't do beef ribs like that. I, well, I don't smoke them anyway. I'll I'll broil them. I'll uh, uh, I might I might put them on the Traeger. I won't do a real drum smoke with beef. I'll do drum smoke with pork pork ribs, baby back ribs, of course. Um, Ash is laying under my feet. We're chilling here in the Slapdick Cigar Lounge and Studio. Uh, TikTok. Come on over to YouTube live, man, because I can't cuss on here. You, you soft cats will have me kicked out. I'm going to talk about the QB draft here in a minute. I'm going to talk about one through ten, the draft. I'm going to talk about all kinds of shit, short, fat, skinny, and tall, TikTok. Come on over. YouTube. Um, they don't know the difference between hurt and injured, dog. They don't know the difference between hurt and injured. That's just real talk. They don't. They don't know the difference. Um, 
I gotta be honest though. A buddy of mine sent me this graphic. I want to see, I want to show you this right here. We're just chilling this day on this Friday. Friday. Uh, it says it started with bicycle helmets. It has gone to everyone getting a trophy. Kids don't know what it's like to feel pain when they fuck up and do stupid shit. Stupid shit should hurt. I fully 1000% agree. And it all started with bicycle helmets and now it's evolved to everyone getting a trophy. Kids don't know what it's like to feel pain when they do stupid shit. Stupid shit should hurt. I've been saying this on how many shows for how long? How long have I been saying this type of shit right here? Not only does it not hurt anymore, not only does it not hurt anymore for doing stupid shit, there's no repercussion for doing stupid shit. They're rewarded for doing stupid shit. Dog, you're getting rewarded for doing stupid shit now. It's not only hurting, you're allowed to transfer four high schools in four years and still get a scholarship. <laughs> that is a reward, not a fucking punishment. That's not a repercussion. That's not a consequence. You're being rewarded for doing stupid shit, soft shit. Dog, a cat played at Alabama last night because he's going to be a top five draft pick and had 41 points two nights ago. And he was definitely involved in some facet in a homicide. <laughs> don't tell me that you don't do stupid shit and get rewarded now. Like, when is that? When would that kid have played any other era? When would he have played? I mean, I'm going to be honest. Let's be real. Would that kid have ever played in any other generation? Fuck no, he wouldn't have played, dog. Come on. Uh, I tell you guys all the time, I don't know if, I, I don't follow this cat, but I've seen him because he's, he's probably getting, he's pretty big and he's getting, he's, he's getting bigger on social media as a, whatever you call these guys, influencers or whatever. Um, and I'm trying to find it because I think I got, I think I got it. Uh, let's see. Da -da 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 -da. What the fuck is it? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let me see here. I got this video, dog. I want to show you. God damn it. I hate doing this shit myself because I don't even know where shit is. Uh, let's see. You know that Desi, uh, Jay Henry in the house. What up? God damn. Why is there so many fucking things up?
better look around when you at the gas. You I just can't it. sit there and pump your gas. You look. Watch me. Watch me. Now you try Come on, you gonna get yourself killed. What the hell is going on around here? Good job. This is pump, pump, pass. Okay, okay you, you keep this shit too long, the whole goddamn circle be mad at your ass, okay? Don't take too long. Don't touch me, huh? Okay. Come on. Okay, okay. Shit. Okay, got it. That's one. That's two. Okay, there you so go. I was thinking can we do this at the Taylor See, y'all already fucked up. I said tw that's three. Now you finna get fucked. They finna jump you. Just... What are you doing? No, yeah. you gotta clean the fucking chicken. My grandma gonna say you eat like a damn fuck. Watch, watch this. Watch this. But there's like meat cartilage right here. Go! Whenever you see a black person run, you run. I don't give a damn if you're at a doctor's office. I don't give a damn if you're at a fucking dentist. I don't give a damn. Look at the queen. 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 Hey, how long, how long have I been talking about that shit right there? I've been telling cats, I've been telling my main man from Colorado, take a picture of the car next to you at the gas station. Take a picture at the market when you go in. So if that motherfucker hits your car, you got his license plate. Take a picture of that bitch. Don't move too close to cars in traffic at stoplights. Give yourself a way out. I think I've been telling you guys all this shit. That video's for fun. It's fun and games and all that. He's basically teaching the white girl how not to be a fucking dumbass and get caught up. But anyway, the point is, that is actually real shit. There's a lot of motherfuckers nowadays that have no clue, have no clue how to maneuver nowadays. And you have the single largest cowardly generation of all time lurking the streets you have a bunch of cowards lurking around these motherfuckers nowadays just so you know <laughs> you do you have a bunch of cowards dog and <sighs> dog you got guys that shot three this kid shot three people and killed them the other day in florida i think it was right was it florida Three cats got killed in Florida. Three. I want to say, right? Three. Um, I'm pretty sure you had, what is it? I think three people got shot and killed. And I think they showed, I think the police caught the dude yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure where it was at. I think it was in Florida, though, um, that they shot the guy. I'm not sure, but I think they caught the guy in uh, whatever part of Florida. Uh, yeah, the dude that caught, shot the nine-year-old kid, shot the shot a nine-year-old girl, shot a uh, two other innocent bystanders, I think. So I'm not sure who they actually shot, who he actually shot or not, but. I had the video of it, man. It's fucking hard as hell to navigate. Um, I had the video of the of the guy of the of the whole deal. They got caught, and let me see if this is it. No, that's some more stupid shit. I got all kind of shit today to talk about. Um, but they caught the dude, and the kid killed three people. And they pulled him over. They got his ass down. They told him, get his fucking ass on the ground face first. And he starts to scream, talking about, they're going to kill me. 
Ah! This is the cowardly fucks I discuss that I talk about every day. This cat shot three innocent bystanders. 19-year-old punk-ass cowardly cunt kid shot three people. And then he was crying like a bitch when he got his ass slammed by the cops and talking about, help me, mama, they're going to kill me. Dog, see, that's why we're fucked up. See, I, in my opinion, shit, I would have killed that motherfucker right on the spot. There wouldn't have been no discussion. Wouldn't have been no discussion. He is literally crying, crying like a bitch. But that is the generation, dog. These cowardly fucks are shooting, drive-by shooting, which has been around for a long time. But I don't ever remember anyone I know that did any dumb shit like that, dog, that actually cried when the cops got them. They actually talk shit as they go to jail for life. They're talking shit about it. They're actually talking shit about it compared to now. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. I wish I had the video. The guy is crying like a bitch. Uh, it is It is because we have created this cre- horrible feminine-ass fucking generation. We're the most feminine fucks I've ever seen. We are creating feminine fucking people every single day. It's more feminine than I've ever seen. Like, like these rappers and entertainers, it's all over the place. It's everywhere. Like, what, what the fuck is that? I, I'm curious. What is this right here? Do you see that motherfucker's nails? Like, this cat has nails, homie. Nails. Like a female. He has Cardi B nails on. He's got Cardi B nails on. How long are them motherfucking nails right there? What can a man possibly do with those nails? Let's just be real. What can a man uh, honestly do with those nails? I'm, I want to know. Um, I'm just curious. What could a man honestly do with those nails? Can somebody tell me? Like, what are you going to do with that? With that nail, with those nails. <laughs> like, come on, dog. What can you possibly do? Hold on, real quick. Let me, uh, let me send my man Steve Kim a link, real quick. Uh, uh, I fucked up and didn't send it earlier. Let's see. Let me see, let me see, let me see. I apologize. Um, I'm
All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, my bad. We got horrible connection today. I think it's the weather. We got badass weather, man. So I apologize. Uh, if you're getting, if I'm, if I'm in and out, uh, apologize. That's what. That's how you apologize. Um, that's how you apologize. By the way, service is shitty. I apologize. <laughs> I'm not apologizing tomorrow for it, but today, right now, I apologize at the time. Yeah, we're supposed to have one of the worst blizzards in California history this weekend. Fucking unbelievable. Football news. The Glazer Clinic uh, is in Irvine, Costa Mesa this weekend. I'm going to make an appearance today. Go talk to my buddy, Noel Mazzoni. Uh, after this show, I'm going to get ready, drive out to Orange County. Uh, the Glazer Clinic, football clinic. I'm going to go see some friends. And tomorrow morning, Noel Mazzoni speaking. Uh, a few other people that I know are speaking. So I'm going to go hang out with them, have a drink, chill. Uh, at the hotel in Costa Mesa for the Glazer Clinic. Um, for all you football guys, coaches out there that are there. Come have a drink. Uh, feminine, dog. Feminine. We are feminine. Um, what has feminine done? What has femininity done to the man in America? JB going to get political? Is he going to get Whit his, his Whitlocks on? Nah, I'm not going to get my Whitlocks on. But I am going to discuss this feminine shit, man, because it is bad. I want to just go through this, all right? You got a dude, a rapper, singer, whatever his name is, wearing nails nine inches long, all right? Then you got... Then you got motherfuckers now walking around stores with their ass hanging out, right? You've seen that, right? Now you guys are actually having models demonstrate on the runway assless chaps. Dog, what part of the game is this? You wonder why boys and men hit women and girls at an all-time high? Dog, let's keep it real. What is that? What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Like, I, I just want to be honest. You cannot sit here and tell me that some boys and men are rocking that shit and you don't think there's a direct correlation as to why boys and men are beating women and girls and disrespect at an all-time high. Like, I'm being serious. Like, where do you see this at <laughs> going well? Like, I'm confused. I just want to know. Like, I want to know. This is, I mean, look at this shit, dog. Every day. Bing! <laughs> yeah. Bing! Bing! <laughs> it's over! 
Listen, this is what I have to go to the park out here. Fuck your life. Yeah, listen. This bitch got me fucked up saying I ain't gonna smack it. Look, this is what happened when you say I ain't gonna smack you, bitch. So any of you bitches talking that stupid shit get smacked and knocked the fuck out like that. <laughs> Homie, I wish I would see that shit go down. I just wish I would. And the dude filming is the biggest. He's a bigger bitch than that bitch. And this motherfucker is calling out girls as talk that shit and I will knock you out. That is the most feminine energy I've ever seen. Then you got a cat who shoots three innocent people. Cops get them. He starts screaming like a bitch because that's what these are. They're bitches, homie. They're bitch-made motherfuckers. We got dudes hitting females at all-time high. We got dudes wearing nails, dudes wearing assless chaps, and you wonder why we're hitting girls, why we're hitting women, and then you got these motherfucking made-up humans. Trans people that we're inspirational. Stop Telling kids to go on your Patreon and chat to you privately without their parents knowing. Telling trans people that we're inspirational. Stop telling kids to go on your Patreon and chat to you privately without their parents knowing. Dog. I love the Indian girl at the end or whatever she is. I don't know what she is, Middle Eastern. Uh, talking shit. These motherfuckers are literally <laughs> getting kids, grooming them, putting them over to taking them on over to Patreon and different social medias. Don't, don't, parents do not get it twisted. Stop putting your kids out there. I've been telling you guys about your kids on social media for a while. They're not using the normal IG and Twitter no more. They're using Patreon. They're using fucking LinkedIn. They're using fucking Spotify. They're using Venmo now, Cash App and Venmo. They literally will send you money to get them to get talking to you. And that's how they're grooming your kids. Trying to tell you guys, dog. I don't talk about my. I wouldn't talk about my kids if I had little kids. I wouldn't be talking about shit on social media. I would. They wouldn't know I had a motherfucking kid. Um, I'm just telling you, dog. It's 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 starting to be like. It's starting to be fucking crazy. It's starting to be crazy. The Epstein Island shit dropped. Apparently, it's not dropped all the way, but apparently, I don't know if it's facts or drama or or juicy content that people are making up. I don't know what the actual thing is. Um, but if this is true at all, if the, if these things are really true, some of the people that's on the list, Robert De Niro, apparently Jim Carrey sold his mansion in LA and has already, uh, bounced he's already got the fuck on bill murray uh, i hate to hear that name uh but i've talked to pat perez about him before because pat rocks his uh golf gear he used to um dog there's like there's so many people on the list that if this is true 
then shit is hollywood going down casey wasserman's on there dog and his wife laura wasserman i don't know if you know who that is if anyone knows who that is um let me give you a little backstory on the wassermans so casey wasserman was a all-american tennis player at ucla and his parents you know i think he's involved with paramount studio universal city walk universal studios he's a big hollywood his parents were big wassermans were big in hollywood well i think his pops passed and gave him however many billions of dollars well casey wasserman as a youngster i think he was fucking 28 he was younger than me at the time and 27 maybe i think i was like 26 27 in the arena league and casey wasserman bought at the time the los angeles avengers arena football team he bought the los angeles avengers arena football team and he then bought a team called the bakersfield blitz i ended up playing for both teams one was an arena one team one was an arena two team so he was this young ass 27 year old buying up all kind of shit then he bought a ton of property in la and i see this guy's name on the list naomi campbell of course i heard she was number one of the top people on the list but I'm looking at all these lists, dog, and I'm just like, damn, Seth Green, Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg. I mean, look at the list. It goes on. Kevin Spacey, of course, we knew him. Barack Obama, Jimmy Kimmel, Oprah Winfrey, but not Beyonce, Jay-Z, John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, her bitch ass on Twitter all the time talking that shit. Jim Carrey, Steven Tyler, Ben Affleck, Will Ferrell, that hurt me, Marshall Mathers. Eminem, come on, homie. Charlie Sheen, that hurts me, dog. Charlie, I know you're a weirdo fuck, but come on, homie. Gwen Stefani, there, Will Smith, James Franco. We knew about James Franco's weird ass. Not John Cusack, though. Demi Moore, ben A Brian Affleck, Meryl Streep, Wanda Sykes. Pharrell, Pharrell Williams. Quentin Tarantino, Alec Baldwin, Robert Downey Jr., the whole entire Disney Corporation, the Rockefellers, of course, John Belushi, Britney Spears, weird ass, Dennis Hopper. Come on, Dennis Hopper. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, Heath Ledger's weird ass, Billy Idol. These are names that are popping up on this Bosley list. I don't know if it's real. I'm not telling you. It's a speculation that these names are real. So that's apparently what's going on. Um, it's a speculation, apparently. So, you know. Um, so, you know. Uh, speculation? I, I don't know. The list is on Twitter, dog. There's some people on Twitter. You got to kind of do some research, but you can find some different lists out there. Uh, Jeff Bezos hires a Allen and Company uh, group to look into buying the 
Washington Commanders. We're going to break that down here in a second. Before that, though, we got to get it. our main man. Steve Kim's going to join me for a Fearless Friday right before he goes on Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I asked him to come on because we had some things to discuss real quick. <clears throat> Steve, what up? Morning. How you doing? Hey, it must be like, is it snowing there too? Because like it's dark as hell. Well, you we know you live in the frozen tundra, but uh, it's like it's literally was snowing here. Yeah, we didn't quite get the snow. We got some hail and some rain, but it didn't get quite cold enough. Now, for the rest of the country, uh, cold for us coaches, anything below 70. And if it gets close to 50, then it's frigid. And yesterday was frigid. So by our standards, again, so I, I we haven't got any snow yet, though. I, I live right in the heart of L.A. I, I live about 10, 15 minutes from Staples Center, L.A. Live. It didn't get quite that cold as compared to where you are. Yeah, uh, I agree. There's breaking news, by the way. It's it's not it's not big news, but it's big news for this human and, and maybe college basketball. But I wanted to segue to this. Ole Miss fires their men's basketball coach, Kermit Davis. He was 74 and 79. Now, they're right in the middle of the season, obviously. They're firing coaches. His five-year record, 74 and 79. Are are the are the administrators now in the NCAA and the college level absolutely just blinded by ignorance? Because I, I'm just curious. Like I understand winning is the number one priority. They talk about education and graduation. That's not priority because if it was, there wouldn't be fucking one and done, right? But I just want to know, like Ole Miss, you're not a you're not a basketball fucking powerhouse, okay? So let's just be honest. 74 and 79 in five years. You're below 500. Yeah, but you're in the SEC. Pretty good basketball there. Alabama's on the rise with this Oates and the 41-year-old, uh, I mean, the 41-point scoring um, possible homicidal murderer. Um, I mean, what are, we, what, are, what are we doing now? What are we doing in the hiring process? Miami football. You're Miami. You know everything about it. They've gone through how many coaches since? Let's just go back to Al. Butch Davis. Butch but Davis. Okay, we go back to Butch. Go but you know Butch. what? Here's the difference, though. So with Old Miss, here's what I want to know, and I couldn't name you one Old Miss basketball player in their history. I, I just can't. But I want to know with that particular program and administration, how much in terms of resources have you really put into the basketball program? Because let's face it, most SEC athletic departments are based around one sport, football, right? Right. Then how much are you actually paying this guy? And then how much are you actually paying the players? Let's be honest. They all get paid to a certain degree, right? So if you're not upper level and you're just spending very average, is being 74 and 79 not that bad if you're not putting any priority into the basketball program? Maybe you're just better off sticking with that guy, paying him a decent amount and collecting those SEC checks. Now, with Miami, it's a little bit different. Post-Butch Davis, um, Coach, I thought Miami made a mistake that they listened to the players who wanted Larry Coker. I never let the players pick my coach as an administration. Larry Coker was the classic substitute teacher. I'm going to say this with all due respect. I thought he's the worst coach that ever won a national title because I thought he was the substitute teacher that took over an honors class. And six years later, everyone was failing. Um, I'm just telling you, I could have coached that squad to a national title. So then, then, so that, that flames out. 
Then they went cheap and in-house with Randy Shannon. That didn't work out. Then, oh. they, then they tried to go sort of new because they were blinded by the success at Temple by Al Golden. That didn't work out. Then they tried to go back to the future with Mark Richt, who I believe was at the very tail end. The pilot light was flickering. That didn't work out. Then they went cheap and in-house with Manny Diaz. I can argue that no matter – and put aside last year, that was a disaster. Mario Cristobal was the first time in about 20 years where Miami said, okay, we have to make a real commitment to football, spend money, and if we want to compete where we've been before, you're going to have to spend money on resources, facilities. They're building a new football center. So I think that's a little bit different. But, you know, to me, the identity of Old Miss is football. So I don't Here's think a story. I got a Miami story for you. I got yeah. a Miami, Miami story. So I don't know if you know Alex Figueroa is. Alex Figueroa. Is he the linebacker? He was a freaking yeah, yeah, he was a great athlete. And, and then huh, I don't want to talk about why he got bounced out of there with a fellow teammate, but ugly story. You know the yeah. fellow, you know, you know all of them went with me. Did they really? Oh god. <laughs> you didn't know they all played for me? No, because I know once they got bounced out, they, I, they, I kind of lost them in my uh, my train of thought. All right, so so not only did they – I know every single detail. So I, my lawyer, who's passed away since, who have, subsequently they tried to uh, say that I used my own lawyer, one of my best friends in the world, uh, fraudulently, which was unbelievable. Anyway, he helped me with a lot of kids. Alex Figueroa and Blue were two of them. And I know you know the, the name. one Blue. They they both played for me. And guess who the third one was? Kevin Olson. Kevin Olson. So I took all of them. And I go down to Miami and I go get all of them after I've talked to guess who? Al Golden. Golden. So I'm talking to Al Golden. We're breaking this thing down. I get the gist of it. I'm like, I'm not going to touch them if they're really this guy. And so I get all the police reports. I get all the data, the information. I get all the shit. Now, I wasn't the head coach of Garden City at this time. I was just the one recruiting these kids. I'm just going to tell you honestly, um, I've had another kid um, who, who also had a, had a bad rap, and now he's done some foolish things since again. So you always kind of know, okay, yeah. the, 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 the spots turn into stripes overnight. No, they're pretty much going to stay the same. Uh, so a kid named Jaru Campbell out of Detroit, um, Kaz Tech High School, who was <clears throat> famous for uh, hitting, beating up a cop, uh, uh, a campus security. Well, I took him. He was a Michigan State commit quarterback. I brought him in as well. So I brought all these dudes in, but I went down to talk to Al, and I'm talking to the OC, and I'm talking to all these guys. Kevin Olsen, in between me and Miami, went to a Division II school. Yeah. And so I talked to them as well. Kevin was great with me. I had no issue. I brought him to California, actually, at Riverside Junior College after I left Garden City before I became the head coach in Independence. And I had Fig, Blue. Um, we actually took another cat from Florida State with a similar situation. We took them all, Steve, short, fat, skinny, and tall. So my lawyer helps him get Fig and Blue off the main charges. All that shit happened to get off it. So but the Power Five, Steve, still won't touch you with a 10-foot pole, even if you beat the charges, even yeah. if they find out that they were false allegations by the females, even if, which I think is horrible. I think the kids get fucked on this deal. The, the women don't go to jail. 
for false allegations. They don't go to jail for false uh, filing on reports. They don't do nothing. And it sucks because these kids get screwed. But Al Golden was possibly oh, no. the most incompetent human I've ever spoke to as a head coach of a five <laughs> of a power five program. And you meant you didn't you didn't bring up Al Golden. That you guys had him too. Yeah, I look, Al, Al had some success at Temple. And it turned out to be a big mirage because the schedules were really weak. And he just could not connect with the people or the coaches in South Florida. Uh, they got the brains beaten in recruiting. And that's when Alabama started to really raid South Florida. Um, and their first big recruit that began that mass exodus was Amari Cooper. And so the Al Golden experiment didn't work. His best friend, Mark D'Onofrio, who played with him at Penn State, was the defensive coordinator. Terrible fit and style for the athletes that they had. Um, so they got rid of him, you know. So, But, hey, it's a new day and time. It's two, I can't believe it's been that long because Al Golden's first year was 2011, and we should have known the writing was on the wall. His first game – they lost to Maryland. I think it was on a Monday night on the Labor Day weekend. Maryland literally lost every other game that season. We should have known that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were, you were, yeah, it was, it was a bad day. And by the way, the dorms and everything that I went to to find these cats were worse than my JUCO dorms at Independence. Yeah. Coach, since then, uh, the actual university has done a lot of renovations. The school that you went to then, is not the school now. And for because yeah. yeah, and look, even the stadium, Hard Rock Stadium, or it was called it's been five, six, seven different names since yeah. you went there. Um, even Hard Rock now, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, who really owns that building, he's basically turned it into a new stadium. It's actually very nice. I actually disagree with Miami fans. I don't think they actually need an on-campus stadium, they don't have enough students to go to the game anyway. Well, they're, they're, the, they're the USC and UCLA of the South. Yes, with even less support. Maybe, yeah. no, they have more support than UCLA, but not yeah. as much as USC. But at least, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but USC Stadium, though, coach, is a 10 minute walk on, on uh, Figueroa, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a but, different. It's like, but it's still, it's not there. It's just the Coliseum. It's it, like, no, but they built, they, they bought the lease, though. I think they own the building now, though, coach. That's yeah, they okay. may, they may. But, but I, you know what I mean, though. It's not the traditional Ohio State. No, Michigan, it's not. Penn, but it's different on campus. You know what I mean, Coach? I went to the Rams' second preseason game when they came back here in 2016. Uh, they played the Chiefs, I believe, Coach. So I hadn't been in the Coliseum in about a decade or so. I went to USC Florida State game in like '97. So I'll get to my seat, Coach. These seats were probably the same ones when Merlin Olsen was playing at the call. I couldn't believe how decrepit the stadium oh, still was. <laughs> Steve, I was just at the Rose Bowl. It's not much better. It's not. Um, and, and UCLA has a real problem now being in the Big Ten. If they don't make football any type of priority or more of a priority than it has been, they're literally going to be the 12th best team in the Big Ten because that is now a gauntlet with what they're, what they're doing with that conference. And you know what's going to be funny about UCLA? My buddy Hugo, who's a big UCLA fan, his immediate reaction was when UCLA went to the um, Big Ten. He said, oh, Jesus, I hate this. I go, why? He goes, well, first of all, I kind of like the Pac-10. He goes, but we're not going to have any more home games. He said, Steve, anytime Penn State, Ohio State, any of those Iowa, 
all those teams travel well. Think about it, Coach. If you're living in the Midwest where it's 30, 40 degrees, right, and now you get a road trip and you don't have to make the actual Rose Bowl game, you just play UCLA on November 8th and it's like 65 degrees, you don't think every every single fan base from that region is going to look at that particular weekend as the greatest road trip of their life? I mean, yeah. so they're never going to have a home game, Coach. Well, now maybe they'll – with global warming shifting, and now we're becoming <laughs> uh, new. You know, uh, Carolina's it's eighty-five degrees today. Over yeah. here, it's twenty. So I mean, the the globe just switched on us. Uh, uh, all right, Epstein Island. Uh, uh oh, uh oh. I sent you some. Uh, uh -oh. Now this is alleged. I don't want to get sued by Brett Favre. This is allegedly okay. This is allegedly a list that's come out. I don't believe it yet until I know what's going on. I don't believe Steve will ever see the real list. We'll never know. And whoever we see on there, Steve, you're going to see a million motherfuckers that well, are not on the list. Coach. But I'm just looking at some of these names, Steve. Wanda Sykes. No. Uh, <laughs> you know. Here's Wanda the Sykes. Come on. It'll never be covered. It'll no. never really be covered. No. Um, but it, They it, got it, dead people, Steve, on here. Heath Ledger. They got dead people all over it. It explains... To me, and I've thought this for a while, that a lot of celebrities are compromised. And that's why they take positions that seem so illogical. They don't seem believable, but they have to comply. Anything from political stances to stuff like the vaccine, um, environmental stances, and they're all compromised. It, that, I've always felt that, that that entertainment world is a little bit evil. I would never want any real part of it. No, I really wouldn't. No and question. they push certain agendas. Uh, they push certain images. And I just it just explains to you why these people have to act and behave and say the things that they do. Steve, I'm saying, like, I was just talking about some feminine stuff. And I was like, we got these guys out here that are big-time people. Look at this guy. This guy's wearing these nails. Like, who's <laughs> this guy with the like, what is the nails on men now? Like, look at it. I mean, the pink, the nails, the the feminine action. We got these guys walking the 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 the. They're actually walking the what do you call it? The the damn um, runways with with. Look at these. This is feminine energy to a T. Like, what is this? It like, is the decline of America. I actually don't know like, if we can reverse this. And, and the scary thing is, Coach, I don't see a lot of other countries doing this. Me either. If you look at the well, Europe, Europe does. Europe, that's where I think yeah, we got it, right? I, I get it. But, you know, I, I saw um, I saw this clip of these uh, little Chinese kids in, like, elementary school learning how to load up a Glock. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, wow, yeah. now, that's, now that's, a, that's a real country. Now that's a country yeah. with its priorities. And... <laughs> If you actually look at the makeup of the current administration, and I am not making a political stance here. I'm really not. But look who was hired in that cabinet. Some of those people. And then you got their press secretary saying that they got an opening. And we're going to look for the most diverse person that checks every box. Nothing about competency or requirements or the requisite skill to get the job done. But we have cross-dressers and transformers uh, doing jobs that I, I would think, in theory, are pretty important.
Steve, I'm blaming it the feminine action, the feminine shit that we see on a daily basis. We see a kid that shot three people innocently the other day in Florida. He shot a nine-year-old kid, a TV reporter, and someone else. And then the cops found him, I believe yesterday or whatever. They black, they get his ass on the ground. He's crying oh. and yelling at his mom. They're gonna oh. kill me. This is oh. the softest. We're the biggest cowardly. This is the biggest. Uh, the most coward generation, cowardly generation I've ever, ever well, seen in my life. We can so, shoot you, Steve, with a gun, but we won't fight you head up and we'll cry like a, a bitch when, when the shit gets real. And that's just like, I'm just like, dude, we're so soft. And this is what I, do you not attest, do you not correlate the two? Like the feminine, nail-wearing, trans. part of it is, it all starts from one thing. Fathers matter. I'm oh, not. No I, no I, and that, it's really that simple. It, it, look, you know, it's funny. I saw this show. Um, it was a four-part series on Showtime. I saw it on demand. Binge watched it the last few nights. Boys in Blue. It's about a high school. I think it's called North High School in Minneapolis. Uh, predominantly black football team, coached by a group of men. And this is the twist because it, it's all tied into the. Uh, Jacob, uh, not Jacob, like the Floyd George, uh, George Floyd situation and the social unrest that happened and just what's going on in society. The twist is the coaching staff, most of it is made up by cops. I thought the show was actually very good because it gave an, a fair representation of what law enforcement goes through and how difficult a job it is. Okay. But there was one thing that was very evident uh, throughout the whole theme of the show. Most of these young men did not have fathers. And the coaches right and, right and the coaches had to be the male figures who had to do much more than just worry about an off tackle play or installing the game plan. Right. I, I, I've been telling people that I'm, I'm a psychologist, Steve. I'm not a coach. Right. And so you go back to the Great Society Act, I, I believe it was from Lyndon Baines Johnson. They systematically took fathers out of the homes from certain cultures. And it wasn't going to show in a decade or two, but over a generation or three, the impact of not having, number one, nuclear families with both the mother and father. So it's more than just two parents because you could have a mother and a mother. That's not the same thing. Then you got to have some patriarchy within the family because that matters. I know I sound terrible. I don't care. And then number three, you got to have some disciplining from male authority figures. In other words, I hate to say it, you got to get your ass whipped once in a while. You got to get the belt right across your ass. You know why, kids? It hurts. It's good for you. It's like eating vegetables. Okay? <laughs> and then, did you watch the show this morning? Why are you reiterating what I said? Look at what? this. Oh, Charlie Brown. I started Brown. the show with that right there. Love Charlie Brown. Never but I, it, started, it started. It started, Steve, when... Like you said, we, we talked about this. When Tom and Jerry became friends, it fucked us. It did. You know what's funny? Tom and Jerry were great when they're battling. Uh, yes. When they were Death Row and Bad Boy Records, when they were the Bloods and the Crips, when they were the Spy versus Spy. You know what? I respect Spy versus they, they never They never became friends. But you're right. Tom and Jerry, I, I kind of get I liked it better when they tried to kill each other with frying pans and put bombs up their tails. But, you know... It, it just there's something about it and and you must have seen it firsthand hundreds of times 
that that to me, I think one of the issues is a father has to be there because I went through the same thing. My parents got divorced, but I was already 18. So I already got pretty good amount of parenting from both homes. I got my ass whipped a lot. Trust me. I deserved it most of the time. It matters. And, and when you have a lack of authority in your home, you will not have any lack of authority anywhere else. And it'll show up. If but you understand, I truly believe, Steve, that stupid should hurt. You should feel stupid. Yeah. So you know not to do it again. Like if you if you don't show up to work, Steve, there's a repercussion. You used to get fired. Oh, there used to be. Nowadays, you're rewarded. We're rewarding load management. We're rewarding yeah. four transfers in four years at a high school. I mean, we could go on and on and have our own show. I know you came on early. You gotta get out of here. I gotta, I gotta break down. Uh, we could do the Epstein thing when we know it's real. Cause right <laughs> now we're, we're I don't want to get sued uh, by everybody. Yeah. All right. I got this. I wanted to bring Steve on today for a segment to talk about the top TV characters, personalities, media personalities, media, mainstream media people. All right. I got some, here's my top. I'm going to call them characters. Okay. Not, okay. not we're going to get into sitcoms after this and TV personalities. But right now I'm talking about characters. That means mainstream media personalities and also means you know reporters journalists etc so i'm not going to put them in order but i'm going to the last person i mentioned is going to be my favorite Let okay put it that way so i'm going to go and i'm just going to name names and you kind of tell me good or bad all right okay. here's my top tv characters and you can tell me good or bad and then i'm gonna give you my worst all right okay. so my top bart scott's one of my favorites I like Bart Scott. I think he tells the real on there. He's probably one of the only ESPN guys that actually will combat Stephen A, will tell other people, no, I'm going to stick to these guns. Skip Bayless, whether you like him or not, he's entertainment. Uh, Jason Whitlock. <laughs> Shannon Sharp. Kornheiser. Mad Dog Russo. Pat McAfee. Kenny Smith. Shaquille O'Neal, Ernie Johnson, and my favorite, Charles Barkley. Oh, Barkley's number one. Uh, one guy that I would add, and again, again, I'm very biased, Michael Irvin. I love Michael Irvin. He's part preacher, part playmaker. By the way, free Michael Irvin, in a way. Let, let him back on the air. Marriott set him up. I hope he gets a billion dollars out of them. I thought it was completely wrong what they did. Uh, Michael Irvin, to me, is funny. He's self-deprecating. And he's actually willing to say a few things. Bart Scott. Every time he's on the air, I think of myself, can't wait. Remember that? Remember when he did that to Sal Palant? That was great when they beat the Patriots. The thing I like about Bart, he's very outspoken, and you can tell that when he's on there with the panel, everyone else is thinking, oh, boy, Bart's going to say something that we're not going to be able to. He says what a lot of players think, and he doesn't give a damn. Barkley, to me, is an American treasure. He's actually better than most of the NBA games. In fact, you know what? He's better than all the NBA games. He is more entertaining when he's on his best than any NBA game. There are times I'll actually see a game on TNT last five minutes, and I'll say, you know what, I'll come back in 20 minutes when it gets to NBA on TNT. Don't care about the games. I do care. Right, dude, I, I didn't watch the Lakers. I, I turned it on yeah. after. I turned it on right. after the game. Let's see what hey, the Chuck Wagon and Shaq have to say. You know, um, I want to be clear. I want to be clear. This is who's on TV right now. If Dan Patrick were still on TV, I would have him on here. 
If Marcellus Wiley was still on TV, I would have him on here. So uh, this is just straight TV or people you see on social media, big channels like Pat McBee on, on YouTube and et cetera. That's what I mean. Whitlock, same way. Uh, that's what I mean there. So, so Marcellus may be on the Whitlock stage again, cause he's making his own YouTube sale. But right now, uh, that's kind of the, 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 that's kind of whether you like him or not, that list right there, um, is kind of my list. Now going to the worst, Steve, <laughs> I'm not going to put it in any, in any way, but the, the last name I mentioned is my worst. All right. Same way we did the best. All right, I got Stephen A. Smith, Kimberly Martin, Mina mm. Kimes, Kendra mm. Perkins, Jason Williams, Dominique Foxworth, Ooh. Desmond Howard, oh. Ryan Clark, mm. Acho. Ooh. And the last but not least, the worst person I've heard speak in I don't know how long, fucking Bomani Jones. Oh, okay. If that was a hard rock band, that'd be the Motley Crew. I, I can't disagree with really any of them. I mean, Desmond seems like a friendly, nice guy. I mean, but last year he picked like this final four for the playoffs, and he had like Pitt in there. It was the worst prediction I've ever seen. I just, I, but the other, look, a lot of those names that you mentioned all have one thing in common. They are highly liberal woke. They really are, and I don't even think they believe most of the stuff that they've seen. And, and Bomani Jones, I'm going to upset people here by saying this, nobody has failed upwards quite like him since maybe George W. Bush. He's he stinks. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, he's I didn't, a, HBO show. I didn't know he had an HBO show. Well, no one does. No one watches it. And it's amazing. Uh, Bobby Burak of OutKick has wrote, written a lot of articles about him. He, if he was an NFL coach, he's that guy that keeps going three and 13 or now three and 14, and he keeps getting new jobs and contract extensions. And for you, years, know what I Steve, I screwed up. I, I totally screwed you here. What was that? I gotta be, I gotta, I, I might have to change my worst. I don't know why I did not think about this guy. RG3 is my worst. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, when he wore that Hamlin jersey backwards oh, and you flat uh, out called him and said, Hey, yeah. home. You look like a clown. And I'm thinking to myself, RG3, I got a question. Is this about you or Hamlin? Because you're clout chasing off a guy that's theoretically in a coma. I just, yeah. And, and now RG3, who, by the way, he, he comes off as extremely pro-black, which is fine. But his wife is a Becky Beckington. Oh, I know. And that those are the guys I look at. With, and I and trust me, as an Asian, I have a side eye of the side. I'm really like, hmm. Really, really, bro. Do you mean that? But yeah, Bomani Jones is at some of the worst rated programs in the world. And he keeps getting gigs. So he's, and, and to me, he's kind of like the Dan Henning or the uh, Paul Hackett of broadcasting. No matter what their results, for some reason, they'll always find a job. And he talks about white supremacy. Um, he gets a certain privilege that a lot of other broadcasters and journalists simply do not get. RG3, like you said, is probably the Bomani Jones of ESPN now. They're, they they have some dirt over someone. Because RG3 had a tell-all book that just basically – Oh, that got shut down. And, and Warren Sapp called it out. <clears throat> I heard some same things from some other people, and I'm just like, all right, before you get out of here, I got to get to my TV personalities because you know, you know TV as well as anybody. You go back to, to my era – 
I'm going to name some names, and I'm going to go down the list, and then the last one is my favorite of all time. Sitcom-wise, TV okay. show, Urkel, Webster, your, fa- your, your boy, your boy, Mario Lopez, the, <laughs> the, great, the great show, uh, Saved by the Bell, I'm going to put Zach on there as a TV personality. <laughs> How about Scratch? Oh, Screech. God rest Screech. his soul. I mean, Screech. Screech. God, God rest his soul. He's not with us anymore. Screech. How about Larry T. Nelson in the show called Coach? Craig T. Nelson, who also I mean, played. Craig T. Nelson. There you go. I know by the way, me. also played Coach Nickerson in All the Right Moves about the last great white cornerback, Georgievich. All the Right Moves. Great move about Ampipe High with Sean Penn's brother, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Craig T. Nelson. Coach was a good show. Uh, Great show. Peggy Bundy. Oh, wow. She was stacked in the day. I liked her. We all <laughs> you did. Like the red, you like the red hair? Or well, I like her. <laughs> uh, fucking Screech. I called him Scratch. Uh, sketch. <laughs> I called him Sketch. Uh, Al Bundy, of course. Um, both Arnold and Willis. What you talking about? Great I show. Grew up with, I grew up with Willis. I grew up with Todd I could, Bridges. In Compton, I could so. still recite the theme song. Hold on. Ahem, ahem. Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right Damn. for some. A man is born. He's a man of means. Then along comes two. And they got nothing but. And by the way, they had a spinoff because Mrs. Garrett left her job to go to the Facts of Life. I love Facts of Life. I'm not going to lie to you. We all had the biggest... Oh, I got Tootie Blair. on here. Oh, Tootie. Okay, but Blair was hot. Let's be honest. Blair was a hottie. Come on, bro. I can't, I can't put Bill Cosby on there for a Cosby show. Oh, come on. Co- what? Then your whole list I can't put him on there right now. I don't know if he's a pedo or not. It doesn't um, matter. That show is good. That show is damn good, Cosby show. Good, wholesome family entertainment. That is what we want in American entertainment. That type of image. Good show. All right. All right. Everybody on the Seinfeld. Yes. Good show. Everybody oh. on Gilligan's Everybody on Gilligan's Island. It was a three-hour tour, right? You know, anyway. All right. Everybody on the A-team, but Mr. T stands alone. Yes, B.A. Bad B. A. attitude. B.A. Baracus. All right. David Hasselhoff, but for what show? But for what show? Night Rider. Yes, yes. Night Rider with Kit the talking. Uh, take a left turn, please. Oh, yes, not not fucking Baywatch, yeah, Steve. Although Baywatch had its good points too. Let's be honest. Oh uh, yeah, it we know what points we like. Um, <laughs> all right, tattoo. Oh, the plane, the plane, the plane. Fantasy Island and Love Boat, great, great duo. They were like John, uh, Jerry Rice and John Taylor. Great book. All right, everybody on the office. Yes, Office was great. Love that show with Carell. Three's Company, you can pick your two. Oh, my like. God. But you know what? It was really the first season, though, with Chrissy. That was its peak. And then now also, Mr. Yes. Roper was hilarious. Because when he'd rip his wife, he'd yes. look right at the camera and laugh at his own joke. Oh, it was hilarious. Oh, I like Furley, though. I like Furley better. Furley was the best. Because he thought he was a playboy. Yeah, that, <laughs> he was funny. Okay, so... Magnum P.I., but Higgins, not Selleck. Oh, wow. And I think that actor died recently. The, 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 yes, the black, the black actor died. Yeah, so God rest his soul. Yes, 
Magnum PI. Right. Tom Selleck. Good guy. All right. Alice in Mel's Diner. Yes. Kiss my grits. Kiss my grits. Yes. Flow. 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 And by the way, Mel had to be the crabbiest boss. I mean, God damn. If you didn't pick up that omelet, dingy. Hey, he was me. He was me. Oh, my God, he was always in a bad mood. And then, like, I swear to God, he would always pick on Vera. Vera, ding it. I was like, oh, would you leave Vera alone? Vera, Vera, Vera just couldn't get out of her own way. Yeah, Vera, like, was, Vera was my quarterback coach on Netflix. <laughs> All right. Um, the, the Fresh Prince. Oh, Bel Air, yes. Good show. That's before Will Smith became a weirdo F, as you'd say. Yeah, he's on the Epstein Island list. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sanford and Son. Oh, you big dummy. By the, the way, Jeffersons. The, hey, the Jeffersons. Oh, hey. No one could slam a door in a guy's face like old George. By the way, George was a uh, – he was another offshoot from uh, Archie Bunkers, that show, All in the Family. Yes, yes. Um, all right. Robin Williams and Mork and Mindy. Mork, Nanu, Nanu. Yes, another guy that played off from uh, an episode of Happy Days when an alien came. And yes. him and Fonzie had that duel. Yes. All right, Fonzie's next. Yeah. Got to have Fonzie and Happy Days on there. And literally, that's where they came up with Jump the Shark when Fonzie jumped the shark on the jet ski. Sad day in American TV. Sad day. Here's uh, here's my last two. Danny DeVito and Taxi. Oh, Taxi was great with Nardo. That show... You know what's funny about that show? That show is actually kind of depressingly funny. Even the theme song, you're kind of like, I'm going to laugh, but by the end of the show, I might feel terrible. And I love the fact that Tony Danza played Tony Banta, who was a boxer. And by the way, Tony Danza actually had a few pro fights. He could move his hand. Shout out to Tony Danza. He actually had a fight in Madison Square Garden. Good guy, Tony Danza. All right, and my favorite of all time, Dynamite. Wow, okay. Okay, so good times. I have a question. With or without John Amos? Because I thought with the father, the show was much better than when he died. Yeah, with, of course. I think with. Yeah, because, and they wrote him off the show because he wanted, and so did Esther Roll. They wanted that show to be more serious about, hey, we have issues to talk about. And then once it became about Kid Dynamite, I don't think it had the substance. Now, I think you're missing a show here. One of my favorites. I, I, I do like, I do like, I do remember Benny Hill was a favorite. I, Benny I Hill was great. I left great. Benny Hill off. I left, uh, who else was it? Uh, the, the, the Golden Girls I just never got into. Steve. Yeah, that was kind of, I, I, I'm just telling you, a show that you left off, and maybe it's guilt by association. I watched Shadow. Every, oh, well, that that's right there. They, they need, I don't want them to even remake that. Without Ken Reeves, it's not the same, but you left off the show. And I think it's guilt by association. I've watched every episode, A Different World, with Lisa Bonet, who was only on there for a couple of seasons now. Yeah, I like Different World. You're right. When I grew up watching this show, and I re my two years ago, I rewatched every show. It's on TV One. So I did a series record. I had this image that every uh, HBCU was Hellman. Like, wow. What a great, this is like Grambling and Harvard and UCLA rolled up into one. And then you read about all the stuff that Dion went through and Ed Reed. You're like, wow, that was a big lie. What a big lie. That's not Hillman. So, no. But Hillman actually dealt with some serious issues. It was funny. Um, the characters were very well represented. I love that show. 
But by the way, put Cosby back in there. I, Cosby's show was so good. Would you put Would you put Mash in there? No, because you know what, Mash was a little bit before me, and it's the only ever only time I got to see a lot of Koreans, and they would never speak because <laughs> of the Korean War. But, Alan Alda, Alan Alda's great. Yeah, that's another show that was incredibly poignant. But this is how much TV has changed, Coach. And I remember I was still a very young kid when this happened. I think in 82 or 83, they had their series finale. You know it had ratings like the Super Bowl? Yeah. It was like this national event. And other networks actually covered I think it went on for like 11 seasons. And that show had a lot of like poignant moments that were kind of depressing. You didn't always laugh all the time. But MASH would have to be considered among the most successful shows of all time to last as long as it did and to be as successful as it was. Yeah. Hey, there are, there are some I left off. I did leave out chips. My God. Chips had the best theme song. Cause I they know, had that disco up. beat and they'd show Ponch and John kind in of LA, go in LA. Right, in LA. Up. And you know what? I they just gave, that up. And you I know, you couldn't even do a show like that because everyone now is F the police, defund the police, refund, or like, you know what? But it gave a positive spin to a bunch of guys just making sure we stay in the right lane and don't go 85 in a 40-mile-hour zone. And by the way, uh, Eric Estrada was one of the first Latino actors that really made an impact. He was big. People don't realize how popular he was in the late 70s and early 80s. Hey, would you put Martin in there? or? Oh, my God. Loving, Living okay. Color, any of those? In Living Color, the first three years was as good as Saturday Night Live at any point. Oh, the at any point, by far. At any point. And then when they did their own Super Bowl show in 1991 with uh, men on film and the two teams that they were portraying were the Packers and Oilers. Uh-huh. Great television. Martin was hilarious, but it didn't – it never was quite the same – after Tisha Campbell filed assault charges on Martin, because they had this incident where Martin was kind of going crazy. I know people that know Martin, by the way, right? So, Me too. Me too. funny story. <laughs> so, I'm at Freddie Roach's gym. I've been working out there for years. And there's this fighter by the name of Kenneth Wack, who's now a trainer, a friend of mine. And so, what I really didn't know Kenneth, but every time he'd come in, he had some vending machines he had to fix and train a little bit. And I, when I looked at Kenny one day, I said, that guy looks familiar. I know I've seen him. So one day I'm watching an episode of uh, Martin where he was a Dragonfly Jones, the karate guy, one of Martin's. And remember, he would always get beat up by his assistant, Kenzie. So I look at the yeah. uh, credits. He says, Kenzie, played by Kenneth Wack. So I came up to Kenneth and said, Kenneth. You were in Martin. He goes, yeah, Martin's my lifelong friend. Martin Lawrence actually boxed as a gold glove, golden gloves amateur. That's why really? he looks good boxing. And I still remember one of the funniest episodes they ever had. I love this as a boxing fan. It wasn't the one where Tommy Hearns turned Martin's face into a chocolate chip cookie. Obviously, that was funny. But so there's a pay-per-view fight. So Martin says, I'm going to throw a pay-per-view party. We're going to make money. So Tommy and Cole and Martin go down to the store to buy a TV. <laughs> and they see... This Jap this big Japanese big screen, the state of the art. And they look and they go, Oh, the Hachi Tachi 2000. And they all bow. Funny. See, that's that's comedy right there. That was hey, would you would you have put would you put Chappelle Show, Wayne's brother, yeah. Jamie Foxx, or King of Queens in there? Okay, Jamie Foxx, first couple of years, 
was incredible because Jamie Foxx would do his impersonations. Fancy was looking fine. Yes, she oh, was. She was bad. She oh was my bad. God. God bless her. Um, so what was the other shows that you mentioned? Chappelle, Wayne's Brothers. Yes. Chappelle. I still regret that we never saw the third season. I know. The the sketch comedy that Dave Chappelle did from um, the racist guy who was actually black, uh, Clayton Bigsby, I think was yeah, his yeah. name. Yeah. If the internet was a real place, the racial draft, um, the Samuel Samuel Jackson beer. I mean, it was so funny. And then he kind of, I don't want to say went nuts. When he had an issue and then he went to Africa, nobody knew where he was. Those two first years were comedic gold. But Jamie Foxx, first couple of years, um, I thought was, I always thought Jamie Foxx was among the most talented people I've ever seen. I'll tell you why. He can sing. He can rap a little bit. He does impersonations. Good looking guy. He's kept himself up well. He can act in several different ways. And he played steaming, Willie Beeman. Ahead of he its time, and he, he was and, a and beat up and beat up LL Cool J. Well, they had a fight. Yeah, they had a fight. And by the way, um, I actually think that any given Sunday has aged well. It's a very good movie, and I can always I say that it was too long, though. Maybe you know what? You're right, but when you're paying those salaries, you want to get what you can out of it. But it actually, I thought it was a modern day version of North Dallas Forty, which is the original great football movie from peter gent in the 1970s yeah all right listen before you get out of here remember this right here yes you know i didn't watch that much of family matters to be honest with you all right but here's the point of this picture i already talked about urkel being a a, a person of, of interest in this whole discussion but this picture right here resonates with me for simple fact father there's a father in there that now we're clowning as a young generation. The yes. young generation is now clowning that picture and that Urkel picture with his dad. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, he's not the, the world. Father. The world was a fucking better place when that shit was occurring right no, there. No, now well, we're well. clowning having a dad. Yeah, I think Urkel was like the 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 friend of the family that loved the daughter, but the father was yes. there. I think it's uh, Carl Winslow was his name, right? He was a police yes. guy, yes. real. Hey, back then, this is the he died, thing. didn't he? I'm not sure if he did or not, but look, I say what you want about the Cosby show. And again, with Bill even, Cosby, even Fresh Prince, Steve, the dad who passed away, but he had a dad, a dad, yeah. But if you look at the Cosby show, nuclear family, both parents extremely professional, the kids all ended up well. It was such a positive image, and the message that they sent. Well, and Carl Winslow, same thing. There was a time that that was the norm. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, they started to push and to promote another lifestyle. I actually don't know if you could do a sitcom like that anymore. Because no. people would start saying, oh, now you're pushing white supremacy or patriarchy. The You don't need the nuclear family. And I, and I, and I say to myself, you are making such a negative impression by pushing this message across the board that they don't you don't understand the impact that it has. But then I think to myself, maybe that's what they want. So that's why I'm just telling you, Coach, you'll laugh, but on certain nights, I actually do watch Cosby Show reruns. I just find it so refreshing compared to the things that I've, I that you're able to watch 
today. Hey, but 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 Uncle Phil was a great father figure for yes, he was Uncle half the half the hood that I grew up in right. watched that show and looked up to Uncle Phil. Yes, right. Patriarchy. We don't, is not like a we don't look at it that way no more. No, you don't. And and I think they did a reboot. Uh, one of these networks, streaming networks, uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and they made it completely different than what it was. I saw some commercials and I said, "Yeah, pass, pass, never mind." I, I just it's t- TV TV shows. Everything has to check the boxes now. And then you got sitcoms and cartoons are all time garbage. We don't have any more real deal. There is no more friends. I wasn't a friends guy, but I wasn't either. There's no friends, but but at least the storyline and the and the concept was okay. I I don't know, man. Well, by I, the I way, think- um, one thing I'm looking forward to. I don't know if you watch it, but it's one of the reasons I still keep my HBO subscription even without boxing. Oh, so- Bomani Jones. That's why he left. Yeah, Bomani that's Jones. just it, though. Don't don't make me hang up on you. Okay, now, that's not happen. But anyway, Succession. I love Succession. Did you watch Succession? I'm no, what is that? It's about a family that's like a Rupert Murdoch-like family. You got you got to binge it because that old character Logan Roy, what a ball-busting sob he is! You'll like it, but it's about a, a family that owns a big media company, and Logan Roy plays like the uh, Rupert Murdoch head who does not want to give up control of, of his company that's struggling a little bit, but he's a power broker. I think the acting is incredible. But I just love the fact Logan Roy is a crotchety old grouchy mf'er. I love it. Hey. I think you'll actually like the show. Before you get out of here, I know you got to go. Uh, I always say that too. I love saying <laughs> before you get out of here. Um, they asked Eric Bieniemy yesterday about Shady McCoy. Take a listen to this uh, mm. private interview that runner. a lot of people haven't Everybody's seen. Everybody's entitled to their own position, to their own guys, uh, and how they feel. When it's all said and done with. LaShawn McCoy is a future Hall of Famer, okay? Everybody's entitled to their own position, to their own uh, comments and how they feel. When it's all said and done with, I think that's all I have to say because he's entitled to his own opinion. That's why. said he's Coach. entitled to his own opinion. I don't know why my internet's fucked all up. Right. He said he's entitled, he's entitled to his own something? opinion. Coach, I, I believe, and he's already done this, taking a lot of steps, I think Eric Public the enemy just took another step to saying to everyone, I can be a head coach. You want me to be I know. I agree. You, you want me to be PC? You want me to be a diplomat? I can do yeah. that because you know in his own mind the public the enemy that went to He's like, I want to beat the shit out of that mother. Bitch cat. But he's saying, you know what? Let me give something for the white folks. Let me give something for corporate America here. Yes. yes. And, I'm, and I'm watching them going, you know what, Eric? You just dialed up a 50 burger right there. Yes. <laughs> Good job. Because yes. I want the enemy. He's, a, he's an L.A. guy. He's one of us. Hell he's, yeah. He's a bishop. I him. him and Darren Hagen are one of my good friends. So. so I think he did the right thing. And look, look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Doesn't mean everyone's going to like him. I I think the enemy answered that perfectly for the role that he has and the job that he wants. Hey. I think he showed something. I hope, I hope he gets credit for it because it's deserved. Knowing him, though, he has a burden lifted off of him. I could just see it. Well, he made a great first impression, though. Yeah. He really did. Like, if, look, there's a thing called winning the press conference, right, as a coach. He nailed that one. Now let's install oh. the offense. Let's get going. 
And, and 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 just to show Jason Whitlock, let's get the plays in on time consistently. <laughs> no delay of game penalties, no timeouts in the first quarter with 13 minutes to go. Step one. But good luck. Hey, I heard Jason on you and Jason. Jason said, I'll be shocked if he gets the plays in. I disagree with that because I know Eric. He's not if he <laughs> fails, it's gonna be because of talent. Hey, hey, I don't know. He's gonna get the fucking play in. <laughs> hey, coach, I'm just telling you, when, when nobody has the lowest of low expectations like old Whitlock. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but anyway, coach, have a great weekend. Let's talk next week, brother. Hell yeah, I appreciate you. Enjoy it. Enjoy All the right. snow. Enjoy the snow. <laughs> Later. Later. Uh the Korean co-sell, Steve Kim, always appreciate him joining us. Um Dog, this is what society has become. Bitch made cats. Kill somebody, you You kill somebody! Stay right there! You stay right You see who did That motherfucker hit a car, smashed his shit, and tried to run. And a good Samaritan caught his ass. And... Dog, I'm just tripping. When did we become this cowardly? I just want to know when we became this fucking cowardly. Um, yeah, my internet's tripping today, man. I think it's the weather. It is a bad, it's bad outside, and I think it is slow from that reason. So I apologize for having bad internet today. I gotta blame the Chinese weather balloon, the UFOs, and um and these fucks right here. Um, I got to blame everybody else but myself. <laughs> I got to blame that motherfucker. I'm blaming that motherfucker right there for my internet uh, being shitty. Um, man, I got so much. I had so much shit to talk about today, too. The feminine energy in males have created have created these these boys and men beating up women and girls. And it's just unfortunate. If you haven't seen this video, came out yesterday. This boy beats up a lady teacher. Like this motherfucker. I mean, people walking by that big ass, they said he was 6'6, 270, and he beat up this lady teacher. And motherfuckers are walking by like nothing occurred. And I'm just sitting there like, I solely blame the feminine energy that we're pushing upon young boys. And women, God bless your souls. I love you all. Trust me. But you can't raise a boy and turn him into a man. I'm sorry you can't. And for all the women that say, no, I'm a single mom. I do raise my boy to be a man. You, you, God bless your soul. I, I know you're trying to do that, but it's just not possible. It's not possible. You cannot turn a boy into a man as a woman. And now we got all these made-up humans trying to do it. Come on, man. 
a, a man can turn a boy into a man. He can also teach a boy how to be a man by how to treat a woman. You guys think you're taking the W-O off of man, woman. No, it's not. It's woman. <laughs> let's keep the W and the O on the shit. Please, let's keep the W and the O on the ladies. We don't need more men or made-up human. Fuck, dog. Hector, good good question, Hector. Um, will the locker room buy in seeing Coach Vietnam giving up these good old boy responses? No, yes. You know why? Because off the record, Hector, outside the camera, he's going to get in their ass, and they're going to know real quick. Real is going to recognize real, real, real fast. And he's going to motherfuck them right from the gate. I already know. We're very similar in, our, in how we approach shit. And... Uh, He's going to get after their ass, dog. He'll get after their ass um, real quick. So Whitlock was on my show. I had Whitlock on the show. I'll get him back on. I'm sure I'll be back on Monday. Um, man, we're not going to – I don't think we're going to hold beef. Um, so, you know. But the made-up humans, man, are unbelievable. This is what we have now. We're made up, dog. We're made-up humans. That's just what it is nowadays. We're just a bunch of made-up humans. I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. Trans people that we're inspirational. Is that not a made-up human? Like, what the fuck is that? Is that not a made-up human? Come on. Is that not an a made-up human? <laughs> Made up human, dog. That's a made up human. That's not a born human. <laughs> um, Jay, what are you talking about? He didn't call him an Uncle Tom. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, he said he made a PC comment to adhere to the public eye that Steve Kim just mentioned. He hasn't got a job yet, uh, Jay. And ignorance is life-threatening. So if you don't change, then you're going to stay the same and not go anywhere. Eric Bieniemy has to now adhere to some PC culture and say some things that normally you would not see. So trust me, EB is far from it. <laughs> um, he don't give a fuck either. But guess what? He's tried it his way now you got to try it their way uh and then at the end of the day when you when he don't get hired as a head coach now he can come out and say fuck you i've tried it my i've tried it always you just have a vendetta against me that's just what it is i believe there's a vendetta against me there's a vendetta against me in the coaching profession so i'm sure there's a vendetta against him it's real vendettas are real <laughs> So, come on now. Um, Jeff Bezos, Amazon. 
has hired Allen and Company, a well-connected New York-based investment firm that handles the sale of the last two NFL teams, and they will advise him on a potential bid um, for the Commanders. I don't know what you guys think about Bezos joining the the, the NFL. Of course, I think that's a real thing. Uh, I think that uh, that is going to be a. Uh, I think that had to, people don't realize. You guys don't know a lot of the backstory. I'm not going to give you a lot of information that I know about, but EB, I'll just let you see, let this sink in. That news breaks about Bezos. You see EB take that job, put two and two together. Would you not want to work for the richest man on the planet? You guys got to start thinking out the box, dog. You guys got to start looking at things with a different light. You got to start looking at shit differently. Open your eyes. Open your ears. Listen. Don't just hear. There's more to it. I tell you, Bezos will be the owner. The enemy, in my opinion, will be the head coach of the Washington Commanders, whatever the team's name will be. And Ron Rivera will step down either due to failure, health, or succumb succumb to the overall media bombardment of Eric Bieniemy being there now i think they knew i think they knew what was going on i think there's a plan that's why there was a 3 day process of interviewing Bieniemy and Eric Eric and Ron getting together and finalizing a plan that was going to be an easy way for Ron to step down later on. An easy transition. Bezos taking over the job. And et cetera, et cetera. So that just is what it is. Um, who's not the biggest shareholder? What are you talking about? Scared of Aquarius? What are you talking about? Um, Ron Rivera could step to the front office. If Bezos buys the team, why would you not? Why would you want to leave that? Why would you want to leave the billionaire? <laughs> or the damn near trillionaire to be? I'm sure Bezos will be a built trillionaire before it's all said and done. He'll be the first trillionaire on the face of the planet that we know of that we know of. Uh, I do hope they change the name. I do hope they change the name, though. Um, you're not going to get a black owner, uh, Mike Evans. You're not going to get a black owner because the billionaire black people won't come together and get their ducks in a row to purchase one. And it's not that simple either. There's a board in the NFL to go through and if the board won't even allow you in the door then you're fucked you saw jay-z have sit downs with roger goodell and all this shit well if jay-z and rihanna and oprah winfrey and tyler perry and michael jordan and tiger woods and all these billionaires who are african-american black men and women got together you still don't equal one of these 
NFL owners money. You still won't equal their money. They're not going to invest all their money into one team that they will think they're going to get blackballed on. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> 6 7 said, stop it because black billionaires won't come together. False statement. How is that false statement? You know, you know them coming together. Have you seen them come together yet and do it? Have you seen them? How is it a false statement? <laughs> Please show me when all the black billionaires have came together and done something in uniformity. When has that happened? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let's break it down. Show me where it's happened and how is it a false statement? <laughs> You motherfuckers just talk, homie. Show me when it has happened. And then you can say it's a false statement. You just talk. You just, you got excuses, homie, for excuses. You're, you're just hopeful thinker. You're wishful thinking. No, they will. That's a false statement. It's not a false statement. As of today, right now, it's a true statement. So... I want to know when all the black billionaires have came together and said, we're going to buy a franchise. Show me. Deion Sanders, quarterbacks are different. We want mother, father, you know, dual parent. We want that kid to be a three, five and up. We want D linemen to come from single fathers, single parent homes. We want O linemen and quarterbacks to come from dual parent homes. I said this on Barstool. Dion's taking heat for saying it. I got criticized for saying it. You know, I don't give a fuck, but it's true. And if you haven't coached or if you're not from where we're from, and you don't know the true dynamic of football and coaching football and playing football, then you never will understand it. And it's okay. But just again, goes back to my Matt and I's argument, which is an opinion based argument, professional opinion based argument. It's not a debate because debates have facts in them, arguments don't. My opinion is again, if you did not play, if you did not coach, you don't know the ins and outs, the intricacies of what goes in this thing. And that's why I take opinions from people who actually have hands-on experience versus what Matt said the other day. Matt will be back on Monday. He's had a hell of a snowstorm dealing with his kids. Uh, talked to him this morning. Um, six, seven, I think you're just talking, but... It's okay. You, you, you just are talking uh, and you just want to be heard, but you don't really listen. You just want to talk. That's why I do believe, man, sometimes uh, we were made with two ears and one mouth for a reason, but we don't ever think about that. We don't ever think about that. I think we do need to listen more and not just hear, but it is what it is. Um, you guys act like, you guys act like, Beyonce and Jay-Z and Dr. Dre and Oprah are going to outpower Walmart and the Waltons. (laughs) 
you think you're gonna outbid you think you're gonna outbid Jerry Jones homie it's not only his own money and their money it's all the money that they have in the good old boy system that's going to back them up and until you get a uniformity in the black billionaire community you're not going to ever get ownership in the nfl they're not even going to let you in the building i've been told just so you know i'm gonna i i've been told Six, seven, I really don't give a fuck, dog, what you say. I, I'm not even in, I don't even know what you're saying. I've been told, though, that you need 30 billion, 30 billion to get into the board, on the board, to bid for a franchise. Not saying the team will cost that much. You can get a team for three to five to seven billion. It doesn't going to cost 30 billion. But I've been told you need $30 billion to get into discussion because they must know that you have liquidity and, access, and excess money to cover downfall or failure, meaning low attendance, upgrade and facility, stadium rebuild, marketing, etc., player salary, coaches' salaries. You have to have in excess of $30 billion to gain a board seat. So do the math, come together, let me know when you know that there's some black folks out there with that much money who will come together and fight for a seat in the NFL's hierarchy. And when that happens, let me know. Period. Hey, six, seven, each his own, dog. I appreciate you coming on, but I'm just letting you know. Don't say I made a false statement when it hasn't been proven yet. Show me when they have come together and done what I just said. So how is it a false statement? That's all I'm asking you. Um, it hasn't happened, so it's not a false statement. And by the way, 6-7, just going to be clear, I don't think anyone in here comes to my show to get groundbreaking sports-breaking news. I'm not fucking ESPN. I'm not going to give you groundbreaking news. I'm going to give you real uncut talk, and I do happen to know football at a high level, higher than probably 99% of the world, not to boast. But if we do talk football, like Sean Salisbury and I do, then people that want to learn that come over too. But you're not coming to get fucking salary cap news that broke today from Ian Rappaport. <laughs> Sorry, I I'm not giving you that. And I don't say that I am. I don't try to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not big enough to do that. I'm not getting the data and information that ESPN gets. <laughs> so I really don't give a fuck either. That's the other part of it. So you can come get real talk banter or not. Davis Webb, 28-year-old, 
uh, former Giant quarterback has been hired for with Sean Payton to coach Russell Wilson. Well, we can all say that's disastrous waiting to happen, um, but I'm going to have another perspective on it. Knowing Sean Payton, knowing what he does, first of all, Sean Payton's a quarterback guy. Sean Payton will handle Russell Wilson. Davis uh, Webb will do the drill work. And will Russell Wilson listen to Davis Webb, a younger kid? No. But he'll listen to Sean Payton because he knows this is his last shot. And Sean Payton will make sure that message is relayed. And everyone now, if you haven't noticed the trend in the NFL, 28-year-old defensive coordinator has been tabbed in Arizona, former Eagles linebacker coach. 28-year-old Davis Webb is now a quarterback coach in the NFL. Uh, Canales, new, new OC for Tampa Bay, another young cat, Juco cat, El Camino, L.A., um there's there's it's a trend going young there's a trend going young in the nfl so you know that's just where it is but sean payton's already laid the law down dog it don't matter if you haven't if you didn't know this is how i hire too i hire guys to do drills and do work and also get them a get them some experience that's what coaches are supposed to do Coaches are supposed to get you where you could not get yourself, not just the players, but the coaches. I got 13 coaches, Division I jobs. Did they come out and call offense and defense? No, not one of those coaches got called offense for me, called defense for me, were even really controlling their own room. But they learned how to do film, equipment, manage big-time players and athletes, getting them graduated learning the nuances and the inner workings of how to do football and run a program. And they got jobs because they're workers, they're grinders. That is what gets you a job. So Sean Payton is helping this 28 year old cat move up that move up the scale. Like Andy Reed was trying to do with Eric Bieniemy, like Bruce Arians tried to do with Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles and these different guys. That is what good coaches do. So the quarterback coaches that I hired, I knew they weren't going to be great coaches right away. I needed them to learn the profession, learn the business. And I was going to coach the quarterbacks. You just didn't see it on Netflix. But that is what it is. Uh, well, you, Jim Morrison, you saw... A show edit. You saw a show edit what I did and did not do. So remember, I ran the offense. The first year, I coached the offensive line, quarterbacks, OC, head coach, brought all the players in, rebuilt the program. That was year one. Year two, I ran the offense. We won it all, coached the quarterbacks, and, ran, and, and won as the head coach. Year three, we had a bad season. I kind of set back and relinquished some duties. And I'm not attesting that to losing. I'm attesting the bright lights of Netflix, the culture that we now live in. Everyone wants to be on camera. Everyone thought it was a movie set every day and a bad nucleus 
drove that record to two and eight. That's just what happened. But you only saw what you saw, how they edited it. So I just want to be clear. That's just the truth of it all. Um, I wanted to make sure, too, that we're clear on the Eric Bieniemy hire, why he left Andy Reid, and does it equate to Byron Leftwich's, Brian Flores's, do they get jobs? Because Byron Leftwich hasn't been rehired to my knowledge. If anyone can tell me different, let me know. I don't know if he's been hired somewhere. I'm curious to know. Has Byron Leftwich got a new job since being fired by Todd Bowles? And please stop with the race card stuff because Todd Bowles, last time I checked, is a black man. He fired Byron Leftwich, is a black, which is a black man, and now Byron Leftwich is asked out. Like, you know what we need to start doing? in the black community as coaches and this is what i talk to a lot of my good black coaching friends dog stop firing them stop firing each other coach what do you mean let me give you a let me give you what i'm talking about stop firing each other start re assessing and demoting byron dog we got to go in a different direction i don't want to fire you so you're not employed by anyone else i'm going to demote you coach the qbs i'll make sure whoever is the oc that comes in retains you now that's a hard deal for an oc but guess what if you're making two three million dollars as an oc that's what you got to do you want the job I'm sure you'll find a coach out there that will accept Byron Leftwich as his quarterback coach. So having said that, I used to do that all the time. Hey, dog, you're not ready yet. If you want to stay on and have a job, let me demote you to a positional coach. I'm going to rehire as a coordinator. And then guess what? You're not going to make as much money. You're going to have other duties, but you'll stay employed and keep your face clean and keep the name good. But see, we're firing each other at an all-time rate, and then we're blaming each other at an all-time rate. And then you get the Black Lives Matter crew to come out and say, Black Lives Matter. Well, no, they don't, because I'm seeing nothing but black-on-black crime and black-on-black firings. And then we're seeing young black boys and men beat up black women. I see it in L.A. every day. Now, there's white people beating up white people, too. Don't get it twisted. We're not filming the shit as much. We don't see it as much. But what we do see is the fucking claim that Black Lives Matter matters when we know the owner of Black Lives Matter is benefiting off our money and is sitting in Malibu in a $5 million house and claiming that you guys are fucked. How about we start being honest and real about it? Because I just had this conversation last night in my house with all my black homies, and we were just talking about this Black Lives Matter movement, and we're sitting there saying, my homies, OG, two OG cats from Watts, Nickerson Gardens, is like, fuck Black Lives Matter. These motherfuckers ain't doing nothing for us. 
We're watching our black kids get out here and be killed by each other, and we're claiming Black Lives Matter. Fuck that. You're starting to see more and more black folks disown and get away from the Black Lives Matter regime, and you're just not seeing it. You're not seeing it no more. You're not seeing it as much because it's not being reported. We'd rather show you commercials of AIDS, made-up humans, all these different movements, LGBTQT, fucking all these different commercials you're seeing in your face every day because you watch all this fucking shit and you're not seeing nothing. You're not seeing real, real. You're not seeing no real, real shit about what's really happening in the real communities of the black communities. You're not. Because I got, I'm in tune to the real black community. And they're not fucking with Black Lives Matter no more. They know it's a fraud. But what do I know, dog? What do I know? Y'all know better. Y'all come out and say, oh, JB talking shit about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I, sh- I wish I would film talking to real ones, but I just, they don't do social media. They don't do that shit because they're real ones and they don't want to be known. But we had great conversation, dog. And Steve Kim happened to be in here with one of them and happened to see it and was like pointing out this and my homeboys are pointing out that and this guy's pointing out this and my homeboy's pointing out that. And... You know, all the real ones in here, any black male in this room or female, they you guys know the real. But Stephen A. Smith reports otherwise. So you guys believe Stephen A. Smith because he's on a big network. <laughs> I mean, let's just keep it real. Ask Marcellus Wiley, dog. Ask real ones. You just happen to see a white boy from the hood talk about it. And the real ones know me. They're not going to trip. The fake ones that don't know me are going to be like, JB, shut the fuck up. I don't, I don't worry about race. I don't worry about it. I don't ever have to worry about it because everyone knows. I'm globally known <laughs> about the race card. Don't get it twisted. Good luck pushing that shit on me. You have no shot. So I'm going to always talk about the shit that's real. And I'll be in a barbershop later on today. I'll be in a barbershop later on with all my black homies and we'll be talking about this shit and arguing about it, just so we're clear. Blake Rexman, another dick writer talking shit. He don't know nothing. But, you know, first of all, if you don't know me by now, trying to be something is uh, the furthest thing from me. (laughs) I create more leaders, not more followers, dumb fuck. Unlike you. I actually uh, have a thumbprint on the community, unlike you. (laughs) Hector, this motherfucker is just talking. He don't know. He just talks shit. He he needs to be heard because he's a he's a He's down in the uh, basement sucking on his mama's titty. <sighs> Fucking right, six seven. This is exactly who I am. <laughs> See, I can talk about it all. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. I can go over here. 
and I can go over here. And I can go to this neighborhood and I can go to that neighborhood. That's the difference between you and me. See, Blake Rexman, whoever he is, he's probably a fucking. Well, we know he's a fucking clown, but the bottom line is he knows he can't go anywhere. He has to sit behind a computer and stay there and weigh 6,000 pounds sitting there eating donuts on his mom's fucking account and a cord and can't get out his own way. We know who these people are. So that's why, you know, we don't even, I don't even care. I don't even give a fuck about blocking the motherfucker or none of that shit. Um, Bruce Wayne, what up? Um, yeah, lots to discuss. Lots to discuss. Um, this is what I want to get to some football, though, real quick. The Washington Wizards, Eric Bietamie just took over, has had the most starting quarterbacks since 2018. 12. 12. 12 quarterbacks. That is going to be the challenge of Eric Bietamie over all else. Please make sure we're clear. Everything other than the optics of you thinking that it's Eric Bieniemy because he's got a pass, Eric Bieniemy this, Eric Bieniemy that, is going to come down to the quarterback position. The quarterback position is going to be the single biggest factor that allows him to succeed, period. Yes, Washington has 12 quarterbacks. The Bears aren't even on there. Remember, the Bears had Trubisky for a few. Fields is now entering year three. Prior to, to Trubisky, you had, uh, had what's-his-name, Slapdick uh, with the big arm. What's-his-name? Him and his weird wife forgot what his name was. I'm going to tell you right now. Let me give you a little insight on the wizard or the Wizards. That's what the Washington should be called the wizard. Uh, let me give you a little insight on that deal. I would not bank on Sam Howell being the starter. Jay Cutler, yeah. So Jay Cutler was there for a while. Uh, and then you had Dalton for a minute. I would not be surprised, or I want you not to be surprised, if Sam Howell's not the starter. Sam Howell is, I don't believe, will be the starter. I think I think that the, the three day interview process that it took Eric Bieniemy and Ron Rivera to come up with was a talk about do I have to start Sam Howe? Because I know Ron Rivera, you've been on record saying Sam Howe is going into OTAs as our starter. Do I have to stick with this? That is what I'm telling you from what I've heard is. The, was the delay on the hiring of Eric Bieniemy? Eric was like, look, I like Heineke. I like this guy. I think we can maybe find a guy. Can we maneuver what you said in a political manner? Can you come back out and say, you know what? I've hired Eric Bieniemy. I'm going to give him full autonomy. So I'm going to retract the statement of Sam Howell being our starter. That is what I think happened why it took a while to get the job 
why we are not talking about it as the Bomani Jones of the world and the Stephen A's of the world, because they don't know. They don't know. And I'm not saying I know more than all of them and everything like that. I'm just telling you, as a guy that knows some people, especially the main guy involved here, Sam Howe is not the guy. And if he's not the guy, EB wanted to make sure he had full autonomy in saying, listen, Sam Howe ain't better than Heineke. Sam Howe ain't better than this guy. Because we know Wentz is going to get out of there. And can they bring in a guy? Can they bring in another guy? Because we got free agent market about to hit. We got tagging going on. We got all these other things that are happening. And let's be honest. Let's be honest here. All right. Heineke won five games in a row, put him in the playoff picture. And I don't know why they went back to Wentz. Heineke wasn't producing, I get it, late in the year, but I don't know why he went back to Wentz. That didn't help at all. So let me throw this scenario at you. Can Washington, NFC East team, on the verge of a playoff last year, get into the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes? Can they get into the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes and then give EB an offense that is more similar to what they were doing in Kansas City, which I'm on record of saying more gimmick style to create an offense based on your personnel. Right now, Eric B. Enemy is going to struggle calling an offense with a pro-style guy like Heineke and Sam Howell. So now I'm giving you in a real football talk, okay? So we're clear. Can he run a system that is more pro-style? In my opinion, it's going to stop. It's going to stop. It's going to stop the 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 Eric Bieniemy train. Eric Bieniemy doesn't want to go in there and run twenty-one personnel pro style, two swings and three curl routes. He ain't gonna want to run that. He wants to run other things. Blake, come on over and see me then, bitch boy. If you think I'm fake, come on over. But you're a bitch. Now get the fuck out of here, you fucking troll. Um, can Eric Bieniemy? run a pro-style offense with the quarterbacks that the Washington Commanders currently have? I don't believe so. No. I don't believe so. I don't believe they can. So that's just my personal opinion. I think he needs to go after somebody that can run some offense that can do some shit. You know what I mean? Damn, the trolls are out in this motherfucker, aren't they? Harold Hampton, come on over and sh I'll show you. Come on through. <laughs> uh, the trolls are out in this motherfucker. Harold Hampton, he just created a, a new account. Um, Bruce Helms and what, what happened to Isaac Lords, dog? What happened to Isaac Lords? I don't know if Derek Carr is. A, I don't. Derek Carr is just uh, elevated Sam Howell. You're not going to run a lot of different things with 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 the Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr 
is uh, I don't think Derek Carr can give you anything new. He's not going to give you anything similar to a Mahomes style that he needs. There's no way. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Coach Davis, shout out. He was the first one to say Bruce Helms was Isaac Lords. Um, that is specul. I'm speculating since I don't want to get sued. Number one pure passer in this year's draft, I would say, is Bryce Young. But now you're going to get knocked off. He's going to get knocked for his size. He's going to get knocked for his size. Pure passer, I believe, is him. Biggest upside is probably C.J. Stroud as far as size, physical attributes, etc. I would say it's C.J. Stroud. But I don't know if C.J. has the it factor that Bryce has. That's my personal opinion. Um, so we'll see. The second part of this thing I was talking about the quarterbacks is Dak Prescott. I don't know if you can re-sign Dak Prescott to another deal, especially with Zeke on the outs. Scouts and analysts are all agree that the Ezekiel Elliott has very little left in this tank. Uh, legs are shot. Um, only chance at not making the league minimum is to stay in Dallas. Zeke is set to make $16 million next year. $16 million, there's no way... You can pay Zeke Elliott $16 million. No way. There's no way you could do it. There's no way you could do it. Um, I think you got to get rid of Dak Prescott. I think you got to try to get into the C.J. Stroud sweepstakes. You play a guy like Cooper Rush, who I think is efficient, but that'll never happen because the Cowboy fan base will not allow Cooper Rush, Opie, the the poor man's Andy Dalton to be the face of a the most recognized football franchise in history, the Dallas Cowboys. I don't believe that will happen. That is what I truly believe. That's what I truly believe. I can't wait to have Chase Sr. on next week. He made a video of getting rid of the mush push, the, the bush push, the quarterback sneak that the NFL now and the Eagles have made popular with the motions and the tight end behind and the push uh, in the back. Sean Salisbury and I broke that play down in totality as to why we think it's bad for football, why we think it's bad for the Q, why we think we're not going to say an unfair act, but it is definite, definitely falls under the definition of a clear and distinct advantage, which equals a penalty. That is by rule, not my rule. The NFL rules and bylaws state a penalty is something that requires a clear advantage or a distinct advantage over another player. That is clearly what is going on with the mush push quarterback sneak so i can't wait to dive into that next week with chase senior as we're going to break that down um 
Well, Dean, I'm only on his show on Mondays, dog. Mondays hasn't came again. So if I'm not on Whitlock on Monday, then worry. But if I'm back on Monday, don't worry. <laughs> uh, I'm not on there every day like Steve Kim, dog. Um, I want to get into uh, cigars a little bit. I'm going to get into cigars at the end of the show. Um, if you haven't watched the Whitlock interview, go watch it. It's on my show. And he also put it up on his show. Um, anyone that likes cigars in here, let me know. If you want to, if you want to know how to cut one properly, how to light one properly, how to pick your cigar for your liking, let me know. Cause I'm gonna do some of that shit later on uh, in in the, in the weeks to come. I'm gonna break down how to how to cure a humidor. You see my humidor behind me, the big one over there, holds 5,500 cigars. Holds 5,500 cigars. Um. Landon Pryor said backwoods only. I don't even see backwoods was never even a term back in my day. We never, you guys started naming weed backwoods. I, I don't know where that came from, by the way. I have no idea where that shit came from. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I would not put Dak above, I would not put Dak above Jalen Hurts at all. Um, Dak's not even in my top 15 list right now. So just throwing that out there. Um, Steve Kim, he is, Steve Kim is definitely an encyclopedia. Uh, I'm going to be headed to, uh, the Glazer clinic later on today. Um, coaches clinic. I'm not clinicking at all i'm drinking at the clinic so if you guys are in town uh la people come on through um let me see let me see if i can make this let me see how, how do i make this shit big so she said uh let's see let's see let's see Derek, how do you make the camera full screen? I have no idea how to do it. Shouldn't be that hard. I wanted to make it full screen. Derek, if you're in here, make that shit full screen for me. You know how to do it? Derek will do it. We'll go grab me a couple sticks real quick. I got to go. I'm going to go. We're going to give you a tour. I'm going to go back here, make some coffee. I love the wireless mic, by the way. That shit is fire. The wireless mic is, is fire. Uh, you hear me eating? That's because I'm getting a full review of the audio book that I'm about to make. It's gonna be the realest audiobook ever. 
fuck. You got no fucking water back here? God damn it. Can't make no more coffee, man. Well, fuck that up. Let me grab you a couple. Let me grab a couple sticks. Man, that's heavy. Full sticks in there. All right. Get to the get to my cigar cutter. All right, trip this out. Six, seven. Six, seven. I got to know. You just like being entertained, or are you, are you a dick writer that's just going to be like condescending and talking shit? I got to know. What kind of cat are you, homie? You're a member, dog. You should call in. There we go, full screen. That shit is fire. I like the full screen look. Um, anyone want to call in, chop it up? I'm gonna put the link in the chat right here while I uh, while I show. Uh, I put the link in the chat. Members, call in. I'm gonna show you guys how to cut a cigar and what to look for. So real quick, see this cigar right here? It's really light. This is a Pussy cigar. I don't like them. They're light, but they're really good. All right. This is a uh, Rocky Patel. It's a very good, real mild cigar. You smoke this cigar in the morning with coffee, at night with wine. If you guys want, like wine, this goes with the wine. It's too light for me. This is me right here. This is a Brick House Mighty Mighty. 580. This is a uh, Maduro brick house. This is a stick that's strong. Very, very strong cigar, by the way. Um, I'm not muting shit, Caleb McLean. You got me fucked up. You paying my bills or something I don't know about, motherfucker? So let me let me let me go back to this. This is what I do to cut a cigar. A lot of you don't know this because I see you guys smoking cigars all the fucking time and you cut them and you just cut a dry cigar and you cut a dry cigar and guess what happens? It peels. You get this whole thing to peel and unravel and then halfway down your smoke, you have to throw the cigar away. So lick that bitch. That's what she said. Now, take the cutter. I got this. I got all kind of different cutters. This is pretty expensive cutter. This is a pretty good one. You take this has four different types of holes, how you like your cigar cut. So now that you have this moist, it won't unravel when you cut it. So you slap that bitch in there and you cut that bitch. I cut it a V. I put a V on it. So I put the V on that. Now, a lot of you rookies don't know this part. Take the cut. Instead of putting it right in your mouth to light, calm your ass down, take your tongue, stick it out, like she said, put your finger on the motherfucker, and now dab this bitch with your finger. So, guess what you do? You, you, what are you doing right now? 
you got now look at my finger look at that now it's got the shit all the excess particles that you don't want in your teeth on your finger so i do that a few times i get it up in there finger fuck with my diamonds so i'll get that on there see the second time not as much see that i'll do it a third time just to make sure right and now look nothing nothing so you're getting some uh, cigar 101 training right here. So now it is ready to light. Now it's ready to light. Bree, yes, we are talking about cigar. Stop it. You know we are. So then when we light this bad boy, I want to be clear, I'm not lighting that cigar right there yet because I'm going to light that shit when I travel to Orange County later on for the glazer. So what you do is you take the cigar and you want to light it evenly. So when you smoke it, you're lighting this bitch and you're turning it in your fingers. Until you get the cherry fully red. You want the cherry, when you hit it, to be fully red. You want it red so it doesn't burn unevenly. Because if you burn it unevenly, you're going to get a, the part of the cigar to start burning down the side. And you want it to burn evenly so you don't fuck the cigar up and have an ash sticking out halfway and the other portion of it not being burned. So that's just a wasted cigar. I hate giving out cigars, which I have 3,000 of them in here. I hate giving out cigars and motherfuckers don't know how to smoke and fuck them up. And then I see half smoke cigars sitting in the ashtrays all over my parties and i'm like why'd i give you a fucking cigar motherfucker you don't even know how to smoke it and you wasting my shit so i'm gonna start charging motherfuckers for cigars around this bitch yes you have to have certain gas it's yes you have to have butane dog what's up ashley you gotta have butane gotta have butane you got to have butane in that bitch. I got different. Look at how many. I got so many different lighters, dog. I got light. I got. Look at that motherfucker. That bitch will light your face on fire. I got all kind of shit like this. I got all kind of different lighters. Um, motherfucker right here is a pop top. And another one. Heavy duty. Pretty expensive. All these lighters are, all these lighters are big time. What's up, Ashley? Callie. Come on, Ash. Come on, Callie. Come outside. You guys go outside. Go pee pee. Come on, Callie. Um, Callie's still asleep. She don't come out the house, dog, until it's time to really wake up. We get up at four in the morning around this camp. I smoke 560, dog. Five by about five inch long or six inch, six by 60. 60 is the ring gauge. 56 ring gauge. 60s. I like it a little thicker. She said, uh, I don't do the small cigar. This is too small for me, this one. It's a little too small for me, but it is a good morning stick. Because if you drink, I'm going to tell you right now. 
I get fucked up in the morning in here on the show because I'll smoke a dark cigar, a Maduro like these in the morning, like I'm smoking right now, and drink coffee. And I haven't ate nothing. And I'll get fucked up. And I talked to Matt the other day after our debate, our argument, and he was like, you're not going to cuss me out? And I was like, dog, Matt, I'm going to be honest with you, dog. You got that one because I was fucked up. I couldn't even comprehend. I wasn't about to yell. I was too fucked up. <laughs> Matt texted me like, why are you ain't cussing me out? I was like, shit, I'm fucking faded. What's up, mama? What's up, baby? What's up, mommy? You okay? You wake up? Callie just wake up. Callie just waking up. She wakes up uh, every morning. What's up, mama? Um, how many cigars I smoke a day? Uh, it depends, dog. It depends. If I take a drive and I go, uh, the cigars make you a little buzzed. What? Shit. Please. Hudson Tucker, are you another dick writer? I don't even know what cat means. So apparently, I guess cat means fake or lie or what? I don't know. If you don't, you must not know me. You think that I do anything that's cap. You're a fucking idiot. And if you ever think I'm scared of anything, anyone, you know that is cap, bitch. Me being scared is cap, you fucking dumb fuck. Cap. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. Fuck am I scared of, bitch boy? Pass me the hookah. You guys know about the hookah? Look at that shit. I got this donated. I don't even know what it's about. They say you can put your weed in here, all the shit you want. I don't fucking smoke weed, so I got my wine rack in here, and I got the belt. Huh. That's cap right there, bitch. That's fucking cap. Go on over to canadipcbd.com. Get you some can of dips. Use my promo code CoachJB. Uh, go get you some. I got to clean the poker table off today. Sunday, we got a little poker play. Uh, if, uh, if we play, the Glazer Clinic is this weekend in Irvine or Costa Mesa. I'm going to head out there today and check it out. Do not, do not ever inhale a cigar. If you inhale a cigar, you're going to throw up. Don't do it. Uh, who asked if I need an American bully? Who just asked me if I needed a dog? Who the hell just asked me that shit? Are you fucking kidding me, dog? I sell dogs. What do you mean? Why would I fucking need another one? I got a fucking $70,000 trimural sitting right here. You don't think I'm going to breed that motherfucker? <laughs> you crazy as hell. Callie, what's up, mama? What's up, Ashy? All right, all right. You're wet as fuck, dude. Why are you guys coming in here all wet? God damn. Fuck, I got more dogs and goddamn, homie, I just had six of these motherfuckers. I just sent two to Roy Williams, Bonham and Bailey. They're doing great in Oklahoma. Roy Williams, 
Uh, he's got Bonham and Bailey. They're doing great. Um, they actually got him trained. He's walking in motherfuckers in Home Depot without a leash in Oklahoma. I was like, damn. Love it. Love it. Hudson Tucker. Why do I have so many dogs? Why do you ask dumb fucking questions? Let me ask you that question. Let me ask you that question. Why do you have, why do you ask dumb fucking questions? That's the more important fucking thing. Year, what's Hector, good, coach? What up? what up? Hey, hold on. Tyler Sipple's in here. I want to see who this is. Tyler, what up? Tyler, what's up, you're coach? muted. Hey, what up, man? How you doing? Oh, shit, I'm chilling. What's going on, Hector? What's going on, man? Hey, Tyler, what's your name in the chat? It should be the same. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't use no fake names, coach. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't imply that. I just didn't see your uh, name. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Uh, I mean, I'm living. I just uh, I watch the show every day. You know, I um, I with all this shit going on with with Rogers, though, uh, I had a question for you. Have you had a chance at all to watch any tape on Jordan Love in like his release or anything like that? I have. Sean Salisbury and I broke Jordan down a little bit. We're going to break some more down in this offseason during uh, Last Chance Q. We're going to start breaking down not only the XFL games right now we're getting film on, but we're going to start breaking down uh, quarterbacks to be like Sam Howell, Tyler Heineke, uh, Cooper Rush, if, if he gets a gig, some more Geno Smith. Um, we're going to break down some uh, possible some possible freshmen or rookies that are coming in from in the draft. Like uh, Will Levis and, uh, and 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 Bryce and CJ, and we're gonna break those down and try to equate what they can be in the NFL. But Jordan Love, we broke down uh, a couple months ago. Uh, the game that he started this year when Aaron Rodgers was out, uh, we were impressed. We thought that he learned from Aaron Rodgers by sitting around for the last four years through osmosis, just like I think Kyle Trask has done under Tom Brady. I think that he's going to be better suited just like Patrick Mahomes was sitting a year behind Alex Smith, just like Aaron Rodgers was sitting behind Brett Favre. I think the quarterbacks that get to sit and learn through attrition or osmosis, seeing it and getting to see it um, actually benefit them. Jordan Love has a really, really nice release. It's very, very uh, Aaron Rodgers-esque, and he can really spin it. He can get it out. He played at Utah State with a few of my players. Um, they loved him. They thought the kid was a good dude, good leader, uh, had a lot of intangibles that we don't see nowadays. So I like the kid. I don't know if he's the guy guy uh, or if he's just – Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to annoy him or nothing, but – Yeah, yeah. Uh, he might have to be the guy, though, this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking so. I just uh... – I knew that, like when they drafted him, he was a project. You know, what I mean, he needed to, yeah, he needed yeah. to learn. Which, I, it's all coming out now that, like, when they drafted Love, that like Lafleur is friends with his offensive coordinator and his quarterback coach, and like he was the only quarterback that they were targeting in that draft. So, I'm just wondering if they know something we don't. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to come out, and they're going to say, wow, the Packers did a hell of a thing by drafting Jordan Love when everyone was talking shit that they should have got Aaron Rodgers a receiver, and now it's going to come back to either haunt them or anoint them or praise them as a hell of a front office. We're going to see that, and if it works out for the Green Bay Packers and, and, and Jordan Love ends up being good, I'm going to tell you right now, that is how football operations should be. It should be projection. It should be future. It should be what are we going to get out of these guys uh, in three to four years when our guys are older or want too much money at an older age that we don't want to pay. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, let's say he comes back and says, I want to renegotiate a contract and I want $60 million now because you're paying these guys more money. And they're saying, ah, we're not going to pay a 38-year-old 60 mil. So, Jordan Love, it's your turn. And now GM, and he does decent, and they have a good year under Jordan Love. Now you're looking at a general manager and an ownership group that said, oh, fuck, we did it right. They projected out, out three or four years ago, and now it's helped us. So we didn't really have to trade Aaron Rodgers for a quarterback, per se. We could get a lot of first round picks or a left tackle or to, co to cover up for Bonti uh What's his name? It's always hurt. Uh, Bakhtiari or whatever. Uh, get us a number one receiver to go with Watson now and, and, and shit like that. Dobbs, you know, I don't know. It's going to come. We're going to see Aaron, sure. Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones renegotiated. He's down <laughs> to stay. He's down to stay and maybe, build a roster around similar to what Tom Brady did his whole career, sacrifice lower pay to get better players. You're not going to see that too much, but he, he praised Aaron Rodgers for that fact. So we'll see. So, so do you think like, let's say hypothetically Jordan love works out and he's, he's a good quarterback. Do you think that that changes like GM's minds around the league that they start? Cause I mean, that'd be two, two quarterbacks back to back that the Packers have done that followed that model and it worked out. Do you think it has ripple effects throughout the league? Yeah, I, I don't know, man, because I don't know. This is the thing. Right now, four years ago, this this was a this was a thing. You got Jordan Love in the draft instead of a receiver. Right now, I don't see them doing the, this model anymore because it's a what have you done for me business. They want an instant impact. They have to get bad organizations to fill stands, to pay salaries, similar to what Houston's going to do. I doubt Houston – drafts anyone other than a QB, which is going to be their fourth QB on their fourth coach, and their roster is going to stay the same, and now you're battling with a rookie quarterback with a bad roster. I don't know if the GMs care. I think it's about money. Money talks. They got to fill the stadium. They got to sell tickets, and by doing that, you have to draft CJ Stroud. You have to draft Bryce Young. You have to draft a big-name guy coming out who's a quarterback. I don't think you can draft a quarterback anymore to sit behind a quarterback because there's not enough good quarterbacks to sit behind anymore. You don't have Aaron Rodgers in Houston. You don't have Aaron Rodgers in Washington. You don't have Aaron Rodgers in, I mean, you could argue Chicago, but I think they're going to stick with Justin Fields and try to build a roster around him, which I'm starting to lean towards doing. I think you should let Justin Fields do what he does because he's such a great athlete and just say, let's get him some O-line. Let's get him some receivers. Now let him die on the sword or let him show, drop his nuts and say, I am the guy. You just didn't have enough talent around me. It's going to be one of those two things. We got you roster help. 
and you're still shitty, or you needed the help and now you balled out. So that's going to end up ultimately defining the GM and the and upper management in these in these organizations. So I just don't think you have enough good starting QB play to draft a guy to sit now. I think you have to draft a guy to play immediately. There is no more Tom Brady sitting there and Kyle Trask sitting behind him. There is no more Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love sitting behind him a few years. There's no more Alex Smith and, and Patrick Mahomes gets to sit behind him. There ain't no – I mean, even Lamar sat. Perhaps yeah, even Lamar. Exactly. Like what quarterbacks are out there that's on a bad team that's good enough that you can draft a QB to back up that can learn from them? What quarterbacks are out there? Because if Aaron Rodgers gets traded, you're not doing it. I think the Rams should should think about doing it this year. Yeah, that's a good one. The Rams could possibly do it. But I don't think they have enough draft capital to move up and get anyone decent enough to be a future uh, franchise guy. Because the Rams are so fucked up money-wise. They they have so much to, to move around. Stafford, they are banking on, gives them another two years, in my opinion. So I I don't know. It'd be it would be interesting. Geno Smith, do you do you do you sign? Do you keep Geno and do you bring in a young kid in Seattle as at quarterback? Do you do you go get a guy? They got the fifth pick. You can get a quarterback in that pick because not all four teams are going to take a QB ahead of them. So Seattle has a QB option if they want to take one. I I don't know. I don't know how. Long I think it'd be. Work. I think it'd be a great choice because that fifth pick's basically a surplus pick they, th- that they got from trading Russell. You know I mean, they still have their other pick. So I mean, if if they don't think Geno is the the five to ten year long term, you can still give them a three to four year deal and then sign. You know, sign or draft somebody else. Yeah, yeah, that's an option. That is an option. Uh, I don't know, man. Denver's in a very peculiar situation. Like. I'm curious to see what they do. Um, I'm curious to see what Indy does. I'm curious to see what the Texans do. And I'm curious to see what Seattle does because there's some quarterbacks out there that you could possibly get on a steal. And then the free agent market, Derek Carr is out there. Aaron Rodgers obviously could be one. You have – and I'm going to be honest, dog. I don't know if Tom Brady's fully retired yet. I'm, I'm not sold on it. I'm not buying it. I don't – I wouldn't be shocked if he's a Niner. I, I mean, that's just a bad look. He comes back again. It is. It is a bad look. I've said it myself. I wouldn't give a fuck if he does or not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to care anymore. He's just too old for me to care about um, in that in that regard. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Niners come after him hard. I would. If I'm Shanahan, I would because Brock Purdy hasn't had surgery yet. He ain't going to be ready. And now you're possibly going to have to sit him out the whole year so he could fully heal. And now. You're going to lose Jimmy G. Trey Lance is unproven, injury prone, hasn't played in three and a half years. That Trey Lance pick is looking real bad in retrospect. The 49ers look real bad in quarterback, period, over the last fucking time. I mean, they gave up three first-round draft picks to go get that kid, though. Like. I know. I know. So, hey, man, I appreciate you, dog, calling in. Keep calling in. Absolutely, Coach. All right, brother. Good, Coach. Hector, what up? Man, been a while. Oh man, having having my uh my black coffee right now. <laughs> hey, I got a new I got a new coffee. I got a new way of drinking coffee. 
I got That's a new good. way, dog, to drink coffee. You should try no it. Whiskey in it? No. It's a diuretic. It's a thinner. It cuts fat, even though it's going to sound like an oxymoron when I tell you what I'm putting in it. I learned this on a trip to Vegas with Pat Perez, this dietitian, this guy that trains professional golfers, and it's Pat's old swing coach. Him and his nutritionist we were hanging out with. He kept ordering this coffee, and then he ordered the two things I'm about to tell you, and I'm like, the fuck is this? And uh, I need a little sweetener, like a little vanilla cream or something. I stopped the black coffee straight years ago. I was like, fuck, I, 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 now I need a flavor because I smoke cigars with my coffee usually. So, dog, now I eliminated the sweetener, and I add honey and a spoon of butter okay yeah yeah Dog, yeah that shit is crazy yeah i know about i know about that shit like it's and also coconut oil is another popular one it uh, increases over. metabolism it fucking is a diuretic it it uh it's good for the pores it opens up your fucking capillary capillary arteries i'm like damn it, di it, it, it dilates everything, are you, are opens going, up blood flow. Are you Man. going like the extra step too and, and getting like the grass-fed butter? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> fucking, I'm doing fucking, uh, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing fucking, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what is that old butter crock? Uh, crock. <laughs> you go in? Come on. Crock butter or whatever. <sighs> Callie, Callie, Callie hates the, the cigar lounge, dog. She fucking hates it in here. Yo, coach, I got I got two things for you. Uh, right. So right right now I'm taking like a data science course. I'm I'm getting into kind of like machine learning, computer yeah. coding. And one of the studies out that, that came up was talking about the rockets in 2018, how they started to implement like data analytics and the yeah. computer was telling them that the most valuable shots are a three pointer, obviously, and a, like a, like a, not a dunk, but like literally right next to the basket and everything yeah. in between that is not valuable so i was like thinking i'm like damn like everyone's kind of saying how like the steph curry's kind of changed the game and then i'm like is has it been the fucking computers this whole time they it, it, like i the rockets in 2018 completely changed their their approach and they i believe in 2018 they shot the most three-pointers yeah yeah because a fucking that. computer told them to. Not the coach. A fucking computer. Dog, I'm telling you, that's who's walking the sidelines in football now. Staley's oh, and McDaniels. Sure. They're not no football common sense guys no more. They're all based on computers and shit. And so I wouldn't if, be shocked. Coach, and even if you do have some fucking nuts and you want to go for it on fourth down to fucking make a statement, these announcers are going to be like, oh, the analytics told them to, to do that. Like they, they won't give credit to the coach, even if they, if it's his call. Cause that's like the hot thing to talk about. Yeah, I, I know. I know it's fucked up.
I don't know, man. This is a world, different world we're in. We're in a fucking weird, weird world. Uh, hey, your boy Logan Paul or whatever Paul that fights, he's fighting this weekend. Uh, I think so. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not big on. I'm not a big boxing guy. I. Oh, so he's a boxing guy, not the MMA guy. Yeah, he's boxing. I'm. I just can't do boxing. Um, like when I was growing up, I was. I would watch like Miguel Cotto. Like he was my guy. Miguel Cotto was my guy. But after that, like, bro, like, I'm like, what the fuck? you know, I just didn't get into it. Then the UFC kind of uh, changed things a lot more exciting. Three rounds. You could do whatever the fuck you want. You want to choke someone out? Go for it. You want to knock someone out? Go for it. A lot more exciting for me. So, hey, D yeah. Jones brought up D Jones brought up a point on the chat. He said, why shoot a 22 footer when you can step back and shoot a three? This is the thing I was talking to buddy, buddy of mine about. We were talking about this. Um, that is what happened about seven years ago. They started putting in when they uh, when they backed up the three or whatever. They were talking about why are we shooting these mid range shots that we used to shoot. And I think twofold. It's a it's a cop out because now why not? If we're gonna miss the twenty two footer, we might as well miss a three. If we make the three, we gain a point. Whatever. The, the issue is, I think they are happy with failing now, where back in the day, a 22-footer was a shot that they used to work. And now I think the skill set of basketball players in totality has digressed because all we either do is shoot threes. That's why you see free throw shooting is at all-time low. That's why I think you see the mid-range game being just non-existent. And I think you see now that obviously we're in the biggest three-point shooting era of all time in the NBA. But I think also you have lost skill set around the rim. I think you've lost post moves. You've lost left-hand skill sets. People don't use their both hands anymore. For sure, that, that it's point. Right instant there. gratification, dog. Instant gratification, uh, cat. Instant gratification, dog. We want to have right now, right now, right now. Three, three, three. Gets us back in the game. That point right there just makes the game so shitty. Why not just go for the three? Like, you know how much of the game of the court, like, you're not even taking into consideration? If you're just going for threes, all you got to do is cross the half court and kind of do your thing. Like, and then, oh, you don't make it. All right, we could just go for another three. And that's what Steph does. That's what Dame Miller does. That's what, uh, you know, all these dudes are doing now. Hey, that's the world, though. That's literally the world we are in right now. Exactly what they do on an all-time. That's what they're doing now. They're not going to go and get a job. They're going to steal your Amazon package. They're going to get what you bought for free. So they don't have to go earn that shit. Hey, instant gratification. Fuck it. Let's shoot a three. And let's try to see if we can get back in it quicker. Let's steal your package and get back on our on our business quicker. We don't want to go work in McDonald's and make fifteen dollars an hour uh, and and have to go buy my kids baby formula. We're gonna steal your Amazon baby formula. Also, like the XFL, fuck it, let's go for it on four fifteen. Let's have our if we don't convert, our defense can back us up. And then th wouldn't that kind of also uh, form some sort of like shift in the locker room as well? Like kind Dog. of by the team. 
I was watching the XFL game last weekend when the All-Star game was on, and I, I had the NBA All-Star game on this TV. I had the big TV behind me, the, the XFL game with the sound, and then I had another thing over here. And I'm watching the game, and I'm sitting there looking at Embiid dribble the ball up court, go to the corner, and shoot a three. And then I saw Joker do the same thing, and then I saw uh, Bam actually take the rock, drive it, and score and i'm sitting there like fuck dog the game has changed so dramatically that we have a dominant seven footer in Embiid going to the baseline and falling away mind you not not fucking the just spot up shooter he's falling away and shooting a three as a seven foot 300 pounder and i'm like dog this is what we've turned into and i'm just like fuck man we have changed coach i bet i bet you that the number of people that bet on sports outnumbers the guys like you that 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 just kind of love the game and if those people that bet on sports are watching the game regardless and they're bringing in tons of money into the market why would they give a fuck about you when there's a whole new breed of of uh sports fans coming out i i believe i agree i agree and i do agree with wolf mob because i just mentioned it earlier these rappers and these motherfuckers with nine inch nails and these fucks sagging they're showing their ass off at walmart has created this is what the generation is so now what you see is you see soft low managing soft play in all professional sports you see the softest era of all time 900 injuries they're not really worried about getting back real quick you're seeing seven footer shoot threes you're seeing nfl rule changes you're seeing go for it on fourth and 15 you're seeing all this from the cultural standpoint change the dynamic in sports i don't care what we say Goryan. what's up coach Scan that fucking bed for me with Capital man, what's up? Uh, guys, I don't think that uh, so much uh, the NBA is not about basketball. It's about entertainment and uh, circus because they play too often. You want to watch real basketball? Turn on the, the, the EuroLeague when Barcelona played Real Madrid. Yeah, but nobody's going to do it because it's not what sells. Yeah, but that's real basketball. That's How do you they even They won't they, they will die on the on the court for that victory, you know, to 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 get that ball. And hey, that Tom, that Tom and Jerry shirt you're wearing, is that pre fighting them other or is that post? No, sir, that's that's old school, sir. So they used to hate each other when you're wearing that shirt. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't expect anything better. That's for sure. Uh, Worse. Uh, yeah, it is. It is becoming. Well, first of all, the NBA All Star was an all time low rating the other oh, day. Oh, that was garbage. That that was absolute garbage. I, I can't watch it, dog. It's it's unbelievable. Steve Kim and I talked about that the other day. Yeah, they used to compete. Now it's not. And Hector, Hector just asked uh, Gorian, "How do you even watch that shit?" I, you're a true sports fan if you're watching G League basketball because it's better and it's more pure. 
then kudos to you, dog. I don't watch G League quite as much, but a lot of uh, the guys that I do watch, they play uh, Euro League and low-level European ball, which is absolute trash again, as far as, you know, uh, TV ratings and this, but it's pure basketball. And I don't blame the players of today. I blame uh, the 2007 8 uh, Phoenix Suns for this change <laughs> because it was Mike D'Antoni that started this change and it never stopped. Well, you better go back, brother. You better go back to Paul Westhead. That's who Mike D'Antoni learned from. So, yeah, well, Paul Westhead goes way back. Do you even know who that is? Yes, sir, of course. Hey, he was at Loyola Marymount with Hank Gathers, rest in peace, who died on yes. the court, Bo Kimball. Paul Westhead was scoring 150 a game in college. He even scored 135 on that great UNLV team that beat him like 160 yeah. to fucking 130. Uh, Imagine that being college. Yeah, exactly. Let me ask you this. Let me ask yeah. you this. Let me, let me ask you both this, Hector. Do you think Phil Jackson could succeed right now in a triangle or a true motion offense nowadays? People wouldn't even buy in, in my opinion. I yeah. I don't watch basketball enough to answer it. There is no, there is no structure in the game now, Coach. Yeah, I agree. You pop threes from half court. That's the game now. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Hector, you watching college basketball? Are you betting it? I, I have been watching college basketball a little bit. My All right, right now, right now, I have I haven't watched it. I don't watch it no more. It's too watered down for me. But Arizona, based, coach. based on what I'm seeing, I have to lean, and I'm a homer. I like UCLA is always my team. It's the greatest basketball program in the history of football, basketball, in my opinion. They're UCLA, up. I think, is going to win it all because of the returning team. The returners have been in the tournament. They've been in the Final yeah. Four. Uh, Waquez and, and and all those guys, I think they're they're gonna end up. They've won seven in a row. I think they're number three in the nation or whatever. I think that Arizona, UCLA, uh, I think some those type of teams, Alabama with the murderer and the other kid, I think can win in today's structure. I think Alabama's a bit overrated, coach, but I think the the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is going to show out. The champion is going to come out of the Pac-12. It's either going to be Arizona or UCLA. UCLA is plus 1,300 to be the champions in 2023. Who's the favorite? Houston, plus 650. Really? Houston, Kansas, Alabama, Purdue, then UCLA. Wow, Purdue's another one. They are way overrated. Like they lose within their own conference games that they shouldn't lose. You know, but uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, hey XFL, you you betting it? I did um, last week. Not hey Hector, week. I'm telling you right now, Hector, one of my former players is a hot commodity in the in the in the draft in the DFS business. He he uh. Morgan Ellison plays for Seattle. He's a running back. He's got. He's a good guy to get. He he splits time, but 
he gets big chunk yards and he's he's a red zone guy. I'm gonna start betting him. He called me the other day. I was like, you start better start betting me, coach. And which, I'm gonna start which, betting his What's his name? Morgan Ellison. Yeah. Okay, I see him. And you could get him, you could get him on the cheap, like thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah, he he I'm like starting to track the I tweeted, I tweeted out a run. He I, he he made a run last night. I tweeted it out. He ran over a motherfucker on the sideline. Nice. Did they win last night, Seattle? They came back. No, and- fucking your boy, your boy came back and won again, second week in a row. No way. Orlando. I didn't, I didn't watch last night. Yeah. Coach, yeah. I got I got a quick uh, football question. Uh, I just kind of want to know the terminology for it. Uh, for lining up. So I'm going to use the Buccaneers in, as an example. They usually line up Mike Evans, Julio on the outside. Chris uh, Godwin is their slot. And if they want to bring four receivers in, that same kind of set, and it looks like you have two two slots, are they both referred to as the slot? Or is Chris Godwin the slot and Russell Gage is like an, another guy on the on the other side? No, they're both slots. So so it'll be like slot right, slot left. Yeah, it'd be doubles right and doubles left. So you would have 10 that's 10 personnel. You'd have four receivers on the field. If you had if you had two by two like you're talking about, but Gage was now Gronk. Now yeah. you have now you have a removed tight end. So now you have a tight end displaced and you have eleven personnel on the field, but you have a ten personnel deployment. Meaning 11 personnel is in the huddle, but when you deploy and you're on the line of scrimmage now, Gronk widens out. He's in the slot. He's now a matchup mismatch for a backer or a safety now having to guard Gronk. And what you even do nowadays, you take Gronk and put him outside against a corner, and now you put Mike Evans inside, and now you have – Another mismatch error. Now you do that on the red zone. You put Gronk on the outside by himself, and then you put trips away. You put trips away with Mike Evans in the slot at the number three receiver. And so, so how you so you know? Uh, oh, Tyler, you met, yeah, St. Louis. It was St. Louis last night, not Orlando. My bad. Uh, in that no. XFL game. So now you what you have is the receivers closest to the quarterback is number three. And then the slot goes to number two. And then the outside receiver, we call them number one. So it goes from outside in. Outside's one, middle's two, inside guy's three. And that's how we we talk about it on defense is how we're going to bracket it. We're going to guard that situation. We're going to go who has three, who has two, who has one. How are we defending that? And then sometimes you'll put Gronk at number one by himself and throw him a jump ball versus a corner. Or... Defenses will take a linebacker and move him out the box, take him out there to Gronk, and now you have a corner now inside and a safety on the outside. So then, these numbers guys would it would they be wrong then looking at the tight end position just as the tight end position, or is it really important to know that they're also using the tight end position like a slot? Oh, yeah, they, you have to personnel check that. So if Gronk's in the game, you have to know where he's at, and you have to know on defense what personnel we, we have oh, to be in. To know. That's good to know. Yeah, hell so, yeah. That's huge. I just, I, just, I just categorize it as like a tight end. 
but like like uh, like Dallas Goddard. I, I was talking to you before the Super Bowl, telling you that Eagles, the Chiefs, you can attack them from the slot, but they don't have a slot. They use Dallas Goddard out there, so I really like Dallas Goddard. That was like my thought behind it. But yeah. it's important to know how they use that tight end. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's definitely you got a personnel check that shit for sure. Hey, I'm hey. Uh, it's nine o'clock. Shit, I didn't even know. Um, yeah. we'll go get ready for this uh, laser clinic, and uh, you guys go and chill this weekend. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna go uh, watch this. Go to this clinic and chill. Basically, I'm just gonna drink. Russell Westbrook to the Clippers. Gorian Hector. He's gonna be a DFS money pot. Russell will Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is way past his prime right now, coach. He can only be an eighth man of the bench on a good team. Hey, but he's a DFS money pot. You know why? Because he comes off the bench or whatever. He's going to bring straight energy. And on that Clipper roster, he can come in and run the point for a team with no guard. And this is true. He can get 10 He'll get 10 assists a game off the bench. Is, is oh, he sure. also like a rebound? He like doesn't he get a lot of rebounds? Yes. Yep. Steals, rebounds, blocks. Yeah, that's that's I mean for daily fantasy, that's big. And what yeah, what the hell is wrong with the Lakers? Like <laughs> they look good last night for what I saw. They look much more well, athletic, dog. Much more yeah, athletic. They they keep they keep, they keep giving the Clippers their 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 rival down the hallway, uh, you know, developed players like Zubats, like Westbrook, like what the hell? This Westbrook's is- a little different. I, I I think they got rid of Zubac. They they I wish they would have kept him, but they and got Zubac rid of is uh, the man. I saw that kid play when he was 18 years old, coach. He was he was a man among um, among men at 18 years old. He was dominating. Yeah, I know. He's good. I don't know. We'll see. Porzingis, too. Porzingis is just an injury nightmare. They have a little different, very different game, actually. Porzingis is a, is a, is a three-point three shooter more than play inside. Yeah. Zubats yeah. Zubats plays the big man game, you know. He's yeah. a true big man. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know, this game's not really for that no more. So it is what it is. Uh Austin Reno, become a member. Uh, man, hopefully the internet's back up Monday better than it was today. I couldn't even show half the show because the shit is slow as fuck because of the weather we're having. So all you guys on the East Coast, enjoy the sun that we sent you. Yeah, but and thank you, thank you for giving cold. us your fucking shitty weather. It's still cold as shit here, even though it's sunny. It's still cold as shit. New Jersey's cold, Hector. Today was fucking brick. I was not ready for it. Oh, down south though, in the Carolinas below you, it's eighty. But that's Carol. That's the Carolinas. Yeah. But usually it's not 80 right now in February. Yeah. Okay, but 65 would be good too, Coach. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, 
Matthew Breeballs, these nuts, these nuts, motherfucker. Uh, all right. Hey, I'll, I'll see you guys Monday, man. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one, man. Enjoy today. All right, all right Gorian. Uh, all right, heck, right, I'll see you later on. Thanks for the knowledge. No doubt. We'll hook up later it. on. Peace. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll do more of it. Sounds good. Thanks, Coach. All right. Later. All right. I'll see you guys on the other side. Uh, Monday, Menace Monday. Zach Smith will be back and uh, we'll get after it. We're going to start breaking down the draft. So I appreciate you guys. I'll see you on the other side. Stay safe. Peace.